suspended. It follows a decision by airlines in America to suspend flights to Israel. EasyJet says it's monitoring the situation on a daily basis. A report will be published today on allegations that undercover police officers spied on bereaved families who'd been campaigning for justice for their loved ones. Those affected are reported to include the relatives of Stephen Lawrence and an Asian student, Ricky Reel, who was found dead after a racist attack in London. The Chief Constable of Derbyshire, Mick Creedon, is expected to say in his report that rules were flouted. Suresh Grover from the civil rights organisation Monitoring Group says the police need to say exactly what was going on. The public need to ensure sure that there isn't any more spying on families like that and the first real gesture that needs to take place is for the police to come open and explain who these officers were and exactly what their remits were. A 13-year-old boy from Buckinghamshire whose body was found in the River Thames has been named locally as Chris Francis. The great Marlowe student who lived near High Wycombe was discovered by police divers on Tuesday evening. In sport, the competition begins later this morning at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Medals for swimming, cycling and triathlon will be among those to be won on the first day. The Queen declared the Games open last night during a colourful ceremony at Celtic Park. She read a message which had been taken to every Commonwealth nation and territory inside the Games baton, sending her good wishes to the thousands of athletes taking part. The weather, patches of mist and low clouds soon lifting. It'll be another dry and very warm day. Top temperature 26 degrees Celsius, 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It has really good people with a great community spirit. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. I love living here because I've always lived here. It's all about where you live. You've got countryside just across the way, but all the facilities you need, you don't need to leave the village. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm trying to think of it. I need a powerhouse of a song to kick the show off. I need I need a powerhouse, guys. Uh, Kelly's here. Paul Scoynes is here. Solid as but no. I need a no. I need a powerhouse. Scoynes, any ideas? Uh, the thong song. Siskiu. 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 Skew. Who is the man? Mambo number five. Oh. No. Yeah. No. 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 I need a powerhouse of it'll come. It'll come. Meanwhile, what's on the show today? Well, Barnfield, we reveal the school chain at the heart of two da- uh, damning government reports is to split. Hey, you know that they're Commonwealth Games. Do you care? Yeah, Scotland gave us tea cakes, iron brew and alcoholism. But apart from that, what? And... I'm going to be uh, relying on your phone calls this morning, guys. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah. Bah, 
Got it. Got it. Uh-huh. Kelly? Yes, I'm ready. Go, go into the computer. Yes. XTC. Yes. Sergeant Rock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had some very strong coffee this morning, and boy, oh boy, we're all, we're all loosening our belts. Kenny's got me a uh, relaxing tea. <laughs> <laughs> With honey in it. It sounds, yeah. Sweet. Well, isn't that, isn't sweet. it? She is sweet. Thank it you. is sweet, yeah. <clears throat> so, are you waiting for me just to get this song? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. okay. Let's get this song. <laughs> Ooh la la la. Oh, it's a phone call. Okay. Oh, it's Dennis. Okay. Put him straight through. Mm-mm. He can fill the time while I while I get the song. So what's it called again? XTC. Yeah. Sergeant Rock. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Can I call you in about ten minutes? Thanks. There's no way to it's talk cool. to Dennis. Well, I'm going to call him in ten minutes. That's right. fine. Oh, okay. Dennis, I'll call you in ten minutes. Okay. That's better, Des. Des isn't short for Dennis, mate. That's short for, yeah. short for Desmond. Den, Denny. I said Dennis. Sergeant. No, I, she said Des. Like Desmond's. Hello, pork pie. To be honest, you could Twice in two days. I know, I know. <laughs> Even when Desmond's was being screened, it never got mentioned this much. The fact that they made a spin-off from Desmond's called Pork Pie's Millions oh. shows just how insane the world is. It was one of the most popular programmes on television. Thong, 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 thong. Imagine singing a song about pants that go up your bum. That was really popular as well. It was huge! We had a dance to it in our... Um, when is Siskiyou going to release another record? Him and, him and Mambo number five should get together. Lou Baker. Little, little Lou Baker. There's a bigger one, but he was the... Uh, they should get together and... Um, the more successful. Just create the ultimate in sexy pop hits. Are you... Can you 100% <laughs> confirm... Yes. ...that this song... Yes. ...is yes. radio-friendly... Ah. ...has this no bad language... Song. Well... Let's, let's find out the hard way, shall we? Oh, 
Sheffield Federation, once championed by government ministers as a beacon of education, is to be split up. BBC Three Counties can exclusively reveal that at a meeting last night it was recommended to split the academies from the college following several damning government reports. Well, the governor who oversaw Barnfield throughout the change trouble period has also desi- decided to resign, saying the job was a thankless task. Well, political reporter Paul Scoynes has been following this for quite a while now. Paul, it's been a while since we covered anything about Barnfield. Remind us of, of, of the kind of the backstory and how we got to this point. OK, Ian, the headline's really that uh, an investigation began last year into uh, allegations of financial mismanagement uh, that uh, then turned into several government reports both of them very damning Uh, what was revealed was loss of overspend money wasted on failed projects also lots of money nearly a million pounds claimed for students it couldn't actually prove it had taught there was vast overpayments to to senior staff uh, uh, such as the director general former director general sir pete burkett got several payoffs uh, and an expensive car which he actually wasn't entitled to um, there were lots of conflicts of interest as well and, and lots of profligate spending the one line that always struck me was uh, that uh, the uh, chain had spent excessive amounts on alcohol for end of term parties and a significant amount of chocolate what was discussed at the meeting last night chocolate <laughs> i don't think so nope. uh, um, but what was discussed really was after the reports um, the government then uh, went to barnfield and said right you need to get your house in order we want a whole-scale reorganization of the chain and uh, what they had to do was really go away and, and put to the government several options and the government insisted that one of those options had to be the potential splitting of the academies right. from the college now the college was the sponsor of the academies uh, initially and uh, it was one of the first of its kind to do that it was i think it was actually the first further education uh, college to start sponsoring academies and i was told that um when the uh, chains went back to the government and said, actually, we think we can carry on uh, as a sort of single body, um, we're going to restructure the governance, um, the government wrote a letter which was fairly stinging, saying, well, we'd like you to still very much consider the uh, the splitting of the, the, the chain. And last week there was a meeting of the Federation Board, very narrowly voted to split. In fact... Um, lady you'll be talking to later on, Judy Oliver, who was on the board before the investigation began, but she was actually made acting chair mm-hmm. after all of this. She wanted to try and hold it together. Last night, the board, confer- uh, board confirmed that it was going to recommend that it was going to split these academies. And I mean, coincidentally, by, by chance, in today's papers, there's actually uh, quite a lot of praise for Barnfield, for oh. a, a leading education charity, uh, saying that it's actually one of the best performing chains educationally in the UK, ahead of lots of state schools. And, and academically, this, this was never actually in question. Mm. Judy Oliver has resigned. She resigned last night, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Judy uh, Oliver has, has been growing increasingly frustrated at uh, what she saw as sort of governor government attempts to interfere uh, with the process of this. She feels that uh, the governors, um, once the restructuring had taken place, were trying to do the best for the college and for the schools, but they were getting different views from different government departments, very confused. Um, She almost went, in fact, a number of uh, governors almost uh, resigned a few times, but they wanted to have continuity. I think she felt very disappointed with the initial report because it uh, was very critical of the governance structure, but I think the governance it was revealed in that report didn't really have much choice over a lot of things they were kept in the dark of things um 
and uh, uh, and she said there's got to be a, a sort of a clear path forward and didn't want this to happen so she voted against that split uh, really as much as anything so she could walk away knowing that she mm. hadn't changed her principles. So what's going to happen to the colleges and the academies next because there are lots of pupils and lots of families and parents who will be interested to, to concerned about the education of their children? Well, I think nothing's going to happen to the actual schools, right. the academies. They are going to remain open. They might get a new name in time. They might get new uniforms in time. But I understand that that's going to be phased in so that uh, it won't have a sort of financial impact on anyone. Um, there's lots of rumours already around other sponsors. Uh, I was told at one point perhaps they wouldn't need a sponsor. But the DfE, Department for Education, told me yesterday that uh, any academy chain would need a sponsor. So I guess that's going to be the next step. College would remain as bond field um, obviously there's work to do there there's been an Ofsted inspection fairly recently so that's going to be uh, looked into um, I think we'll probably get a bit more of a sense later with Judy uh, when she speaks to you in her first interview since so all of this happened. Judy's coming in a bit later on I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to someone from Barnfield as well today that's not going to happen, ah. I'm afraid. We oh. have asked to talk to Barnfield. They said no comment at the moment. They uh, have refused to speak to us, indeed, since October last year. Yeah. When you had uh, the acting chief executive, Stephen Hall, on the programme. Who promised to come on again. He did indeed. Mm. Uh, he was then um, uh, replaced by Dame Jackie Fisher, uh, who was another interim chief executive, and she, was, uh, uh, she declined several interviews for us as well. So I think... I, I'm... I, I, I'm my sense is, Ian, we're probably not going to hear from Barnfield. But we will be speaking to Judy Oliver later on. And we'll be talking to the MP, Gavin Shuker, as well. Excellent stuff. Paul Scoynes, thank you very much. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, so far this morning, a rather good start, actually. Not seeing any major problems or delays. The Great North Road do expect delays approaching the Black Cat roundabout as those roadworks are continuing there. Also, the M1 Luton Spur between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks continue. It is starting to get rather heavy at the moment on the North Orbital Road, just at the Junction 21A roundabout there. So far on the trains, everything seems to be running well. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's this Chris Golds fella? Ah, oh, legendary, isn't he? Well, did you? Well, well. What, basically, what I'm asking is, where the hell have you been for the past few days? Ah, uh, on adventures. What a mysterious lady. Six seventeen, thereabouts. It's Thursday, the twenty fourth of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Criticised education chain in Bedfordshire, the Barnfield Federation, is to be split up. A 13-year-old boy from Buckinghamshire whose body was found in the River Thames has been named locally as Carice Francis. And competition begins later this morning at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. see <clears throat> Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting to introduce an American-type sentence in like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
This is really funky music. This is funky. Not proper funk, though. It's white funk, isn't it? It's the Bee Gees. And you should be dancing. Well, you should be. Shouldn't you? You should be Dennis, yeah. You should be Dennis, yeah. You should be Dennis, yeah. What you doing in your bed? What you doing in your bed? I'm not in my bed. You should be Dennis, yes. You should be Dennis, yes. Be Dennis, yeah. You should be Dennis, yeah. What you doing in your bed? What you doing in your bed? Yeah. Ah, you should be Dennis, yeah. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, and how are you? Um, uh, do you know what? I'm uh, tippity top of the world because I have had strong coffee. Strong coffee, have you? Oh, good. Oh, that'll wake you up. Strong coffee, Dennis. Uh, I'll tell you what, I don't like this, the music you use. There's some right dribble on there. Yeah, oh well. It sounds as though they're making it up badly. What, the Bee Gees? Whoever you were singing earlier on when I... Uh, got... XTC? 
when I first... Br- Britain's finest? Swindon's it. finest! No, no, you wanted something with fa- power behind it. Yeah. And I suggested Barbara Streisand on Don't Rain On My Parade. Oh, for goodness sakes, She Dennis. was a woman oh. that could blast out a song. Yeah, I know she could. And she could sing well. She'd got a great voice. No, some of these things you put on there, they, they sound like schoolboys making up as they go along. Listen. And badly. Listen, Dennis, XTC, Swindon's finest, and uh, Paul Scoyne's producer of the show, has given it the thumbs up, and that's good enough for me. Oh, poor Paul. He, he must be going deaf. Pardon? I said he must be going deaf to listen to that rubbish. Huh? Goodbye. Good morning. And good morning to the rest of Bedfordshire. Put the phone down now, please. Bye-bye. Wow, he has someone to put the phone down for him. (laughs) Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The formal identification process of the first bodies of the victims from flight MH17 is expected to begin in the Netherlands today. More bodies will also be returned uh, there from Ukraine later on. Investigators in the UK will continue the work of retrieving information from the plane's black boxes. Well, we can get more details about this from our reporter, Matt Leach. Matt, the process of receiving the bodies of the victims is to continue in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's right, Ian. Um, Malaysia Airlines flight MH17 was, of course, en route from Amsterdam when it crashed in Ukraine, and about two-thirds of the 298 people who died were Dutch. Uh, Of course, many other nationalities, as we know, were on the plane as well, including 10 Britons. 40 bodies, the first 40 bodies, arrived in Eindhoven yesterday, and several hundred relatives stood at the airfield and the last post was played. The country held a day of mourning, Uh, the traffic stopped, bells rung and people stood in silence. And a second round of flights is due to arrive later and a similar welcome ceremony will be held at the airfield. Uh, And the work of identifying the bodies begins, I suppose. Yes, that's the next stage. Uh, The coffins carrying those bodies uh, that arrived yesterday were put into hearses which left for the town of Hilversum and that's where the formal identification work will go on and forensic teams are expected uh, to get on with that today. And the Dutch Prime Minister has warned the families that this is going to be a long process. He said that uh, it could take weeks or indeed months. Oh dear, oh dear. Well, the investigation into what happened also continues... And and part of that involves the plane's black boxes, which are in the UK. Yeah, that's right. They were brought here to the Air Accidents Investigation Branch in Farnborough. Uh, it's, re- it's received both the boxes. One is the flight data recorder, uh, which records technical information on the performance of the aircraft, such as altitude, uh, speed, engine power. And the other box, the cockpit voice recorder, as you can tell from the name, records sounds including the pilots' voices, what they say to each other, uh, and and all that will be looked at. And uh, a spokesman for the Department for Transport said data from the two devices will be downloaded, retrieved by the experts at Farnborough, and then sent back to Dutch investigators for proper analysis. And, of course, a significant amount of work needs to be done at the crash site, doesn't it? 
Yes, that's right. I mean, as, uh, as people will have seen, it's all been a bit chaotic there. And uh, Dutch crash investigators leading the inquiry say they haven't yet been able to visit the crash site because their safety hasn't been guaranteed. So they've been working from pictures of the site, that sort of thing. And the leader of the Russian separatists in, in eastern Ukraine, Alexander Borodai, says he can't provide a complete guarantee of safety because... It is a war zone, as he puts it, and he's denied obstructing investigations, saying claims he's trying to hide the truth uh, are a slander. Matt, thank you very much indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We're very spoilt in this country because lots of other countries have had the good common sense to learn English, what with it being a very good language to learn. And uh, I was speaking to a Dutch reporter yesterday who was at the airport when all of these, you know, these, these bodies were being brought, being brought back. And we had a nice, uh, nice is an inappropriate word, we had uh, a, a sort of a, a long interview, a long chat about what was going on and he explained the situation and the, the importance and the, how sombre it was. And then when you pre-record these interviews, you finish it and you say, well, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And he said, did I sound um, serious enough? I said, yeah, you sounded really serious. Why? He said, oh, when I'm speaking in English, I don't quite know... I don't know how to sound sad in English. Ah. And he doesn't... He couldn't do... He was was unsure if he'd done the sombre voice or if he'd been sounding overly jolly. And you don't think about that. When you speak foreign languages, you kind of learn the words and the grammar and stuff like that. But I guess... It can be, if the language is completely different, it can be difficult to get the right tone of voice. I do a bit of German, and uh, I'm not sure as I get the right tone, because I think I sound like a comedy German whenever I speak German. Go on, give us some. Guten Tag, Ian. Wie geht es dir? Ich wohne in Middenkins, das ist in der Nähe von London. That's for wirklich sehr lustig. That means that was really quite funny. Germans only have one tone, though, don't they? Nine! They have, nine, they have nine. nine tones. Yeah. No, nine tones. Nine tone Germans. No, they don't. They, they, I remember you flirting with a, a, a gay German waiter in London. Yes! And he thought you sounded Bavarian. He did. That was nuts. Uh, the Germans only have one tone. Uh, the Russians only have one tone. Scary. Scary, scary Russians. Uh, the Pakistanis only have one tone. Is that right? Yeah, excitable. Is that right? Excitable, yes. Um, whereas the Italians, the, the French have got many, many tones. Yeah. Je, uh, je t'aime many tonnes, wa. D'accord. Merci. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you'd like to uh, give us a call. Coming up in the next thirty minutes of the show. Oh yeah, Paul. Yeah. Uh, you probably not got the full hand of a package. You come in after half past and you you do the papers with me. Okay. Yeah. We've had previous experience of this before, and I'm hoping you've learnt. Okay. Okie dokie. This is going to be your quadro. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Building up at the moment on the M25 between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11. So those major roadworks are continuing there, causing a few delays. There's a speed restriction in place of 50 miles per hour. Take a look in Beaconsville. Do expect delays on the A40 London Road in both directions between Park Lane and the Aylesbury End. Some resurfacing work taking place, which could cause some delays through the rush. Take a look at the trains. Everything seems to be running well so far this morning. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines. BBC Three Counties can exclusively reveal the Barnfield Federation, the education chain in Bedfordshire, which was severely criticised in several government reports, is to be split up. A board meeting last night voted to separate the academies from the college following nearly a year of turmoil at the Federation. EasyJet flights between Tel Aviv and Luton Airport remain suspended. It follows a decision by airlines in America to suspend flights to Israel. A 13-year-old boy from Buckinghamshire whose body was found in the River Thames has been named locally as Kyries Francis, the great Marlowe school student who lived near High Wycombe, was discovered by police divers on Tuesday evening. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Competition begins later this morning at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Medals for swimming, cycling and triathlon will be among those to be won on the first day. The Queen declared the Games open last night during a colourful ceremony in the east end of the city. These members of the crowd were impressed by what they'd seen. I think we show what Glasgow's about tonight. Brilliant city, brilliant people. great atmosphere inside as well. Amazing. Very emotional. All the countries coming together in uh, oneness. I mean, it was a great spectacular show. Really felt like we were just a part of one human family. I've come all the way from New Zealand for this. It was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Best bit was watching everyone come out. The big family of Commonwealth. I I felt so patriotic to all these countries that I didn't even know. When the teams came out, we were, woohoo, we loved everyone. It was awesome. This afternoon, Olympic gold medalist Sir Bradley Wiggins returns to the track as part of England's cycling team pursuit squad. Elsewhere on day one of events in the Sir Chris Hoy Velodrome, Delhi 2010 veterans John Paul, Chris Pritchard and Callum Skinner are all in the Scottish squad for the men's team sprint. Golf in Colin Montgomery will be looking for a unique treble when he tees off at the Senior Open Championship at Royal Porthcawl later this morning. Montgomery has already won this year's US Senior and Senior PGA title and no one has ever won all three in a row. So is he playing as well as he ever has? Yeah, this is great. You know, you, you play as well. I think I'm playing now as well as I did in the 90s when I was number two in the world. You know, you think, whoa, this is... Obviously, the course have got longer and, and, and what have you, but at the same time, technology has helped us all. I think I'm playing as well as I did in the 90s, and it's, and it's very exciting. That's the News of Sport. Next full bulletin at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three. Call the number now. Paul Scoins. Hey. me in the studio to look through the papers. Paul, what you got? Uh, well, there was a story I saw in one of the papers about the Commonwealth Games athletes from Sri Lanka uh, going for a training ride. This was apparently in papers yesterday, though. It wasn't in the papers yesterday, but I did it on another radio station yesterday. They, okay. they, the, the Commonwealth, the Sri Lankan, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Technically in the, the papers. The Sri Lankan um, uh, cyclist team w- w- rode down one of Glasgow's busiest motorways, the M76, 72? One of the big ones. Something like that, OK. So, OK. In German, right, they have a special name for people who drive down the wrong way of motorways. They're called Geisterfahrers, which means ghost drivers. Imagine uh, having something happen so often like that that you'd need an actual word for it. You just imagine that. Okay, have you got any stories from the papers? Fun stories. Fun stories from the papers, Paul. Over to you. Uh, Well... There's a story in the um, 
Telegraph. This will hit home with a lot of listeners uh, who are horse riders. Um, budget chain Aldi is sending a sending a range of equestrian clothing. <clears throat> Another story from the Telegraph. In what? Uh, I didn't even know we got the Telegraph. Uh, most expensive cup of tea has been. Uh, has been purchased. I tell you, I've got some stories. I've got some stories here. £21 million. Pounds. That's a lot for a team. The Commonwealth Games opened uh, last night. And um, let the fun and games begin with Nessie and Rod. When, when did Rod Stewart become... He's not Scottish. He's not a Scotch. He's a... He, he doesn't... He oh, yeah. I'm Sc- well, you live in Los Angeles. He's coming back to the UK, though. For tax? No. No, for anti-tax, because he wants his kids to have a decent education. Oh, and the schools that I paid for, Rod. <laughs> I paid for them schools, Rod. Anyway... If you saw the Commonwealth Games opening last night, apparently it was a complete and utter guff. Uh, and uh, hosted by that famous Scot, John Barrowman. <laughs> he's so Scottish. He, he's, so, he's too Scottish. Oh. He's t- so Scottish, he, he seems like he's Canadian. <laughs> and he's... Uh, the thi- OK. Uh, and there, there was a big gay kiss in it. Right, now listen, I, I, I don't quite understand why there was a big... I don't know, understand why there was a kiss of any sexuality at all. I don't quite get why you would want to do that. Um, but the, the Daily Mail have done this weird thing that lots of people do now, is they, they, they're taking comment from Twitter as though that's news. Graham Love tweeted, Nice touch with the kiss, taking aim at 42 of the 53 competing nations that criminalise homosexuality. But there was criticism of the ceremony itself with one user called Bob... <laughs> Declaring worst opening ceremony in history. Can we get Bob? Can we find one user called Bob? Who's the, the flipping heck is Bob? I want to read journalists. Uh, they had Rod Stewart. They had uh, John Barrowman, who I just think is one of the most annoying people in the world. They had a woman dressed as a tea cake and um, uh, uh, um, some iron brew. Is anyone really bothered about the. Apart from the BBC, is anyone bothered about the Commonwealth Games? Do you ever um, get back pain, Ian? I know you do. You've Sorry? Back pain. I do get back pain, yes. What, what do you do for it? Um, do you take a, a particular, like a tablet, maybe? Like a paracetamol? No. I normally go and see an osteopath. There's a story about it having no effect on back pain. Osteopathy? No, no. Paracetamol. I don't take it. Well, OK. doesn't have any effect on, on, on back pain. That's what, it, that's what it says in the paper. This... Uh, There's a, another no. slug. <clears throat> no. The slug one. Let me have a word with you. Look, look for good fun.
I'll show you how to do it. Okay. So. Hey, uh, uh, here's a good story. Oh, wait, 459 555 if you want to join me and my producer, Paul, uh, looking at the papers. Philip's lunchtime lagers, the Queen's crustless sarnies, and other royal secrets. And now, one of the reasons I like this story is because it's written by the royal correspondent in the Daily Mail. Do you know what her name is? No. Have a guess. Um, Rebecca English. Oh! Isn't that, isn't that perfect? Isn't that, isn't that perfect, Curls? That's absolutely perfect. Isn't it perfect? It's just perfect. It's just perfect. We could do that as a, as a, a phone-in. Do you know Rebecca English? Or appropriate names for jobs. The Queen's dining habits are almost as closely guarded as the contents of her handbag. But a chef who's cooked one f- cooked for the monarchy has now revealed one of her culinary secrets. Absolutely no shellfish on foreign tours. That's very shellfish, Arthur. Oh, well, it's sensible, I say. Can't trust it. Her Majesty does, however, have a penchant for jam pennies. Tiny, crustless, circular sandwiches. She shies away from anything that smells of garlic. <laughs> what, France? <laughs> and on Sunday, she likes to have a piece specially cut from the end of her roast. So she doesn't like her meat well done. What I like is you no, get nice... Does, I mean, sorry. Nice little... You get these little... I don't know what you call them, the bits that are highlighted in the stories. Yes. Uh, and the, the, the one bit that's highlighted in this story is Prince Andrew likes mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> hey! And a few other things. This, hey, this story... Andrew, we've finished that one, have we? Sorry, okay. okay so... <clears throat> no, we... No. This story, Ian, uh, in the mail also uh, has a particular area that's highlighted and it says, not a happy situation, I'd like to kill him. And it's actually referring to a story about a uh, a farmer and uh, his application for a solar farm, which his wife is objecting to. And that's happening in Surrey. I think I know how to do this. I ordered a record the other day, which which has arrived. Right. You, I, I think I know how to do it. I know, I know how to... I, I, I've done uh, work with people where it's, it's, it's lagged a bit before. We had a musical bed. What we do is add a musical bed. Let me get into this bad boy. Now, look, this is uh, Floyd Kramer plays the monkeys. OK. I've no idea who Floyd Kramer is. Kells? Hello. Pick a monkey song and we'll, we'll, we'll use that as a musical bed. I quite like Last Train to Clarksville. Okay, that's track four on side one. We'll use that as a musical bed and we'll just see if it adds a little bit of uh, something to um, Scoinsy's Doll. Three, one, two, three, four. Okay, so this is. Okay, this should. This should uh... oh, yeah. Got it on the wrong speed. Okay. Scoins, give us that story again. Okay, Ian, there's a story in the mail, and it's talking about a, a husband and wife who are at loggerheads <laughs> over an application that he's putting in for a solar farm that she's objecting to. That's brilliant, and they're married. And they're married. That's brilliant. They're on the same farm, they're pictured together, <laughs> and they're both smiling. Let so me see the picture. Let there they the are, picture. look, the two of them there. She's saying no to the soda farm, and he's looking like, oh, what am I going to do with her? 
<laughs> the music does help, actually. Doesn't it? Do another one, do okay, another one. Okay, Give well, it a roll here. Um, have you uh, ever had a pet before? Yeah, yeah, I've got a cat. You've got pets now, right? Yeah, yeah, I've got a cat and a rabbit. Have you yeah. had a dog, more specifically? I had a dog about 20-odd uh, years ago, yeah, Sophie. Did you ever look at other dogs in that time? Oh, what do you mean? Well, did Sophie get jealous of you looking at other dogs? I don't know, she was nuts. Every time we came home, she gets so excited, she'd urinate. Well, according to a study from the University of California, uh, dogs actually do get jealous. If oh, hang on, the record's scratched. Oh. Carry on. If they spot you with a rival hound. What? Yeah, apparently a study found that dogs can experience envy and when watching their owner with a potential rival, they snap, jump, paw and push to get attention focused back on them. <laughs> They're really demanding little creatures, aren't they? Dogs are insane. I hate dogs. Really? The world would be a better place if we didn't have dogs and if we all owned cats. Dog owners, I think, are, are perverts. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Oh, hang on, I've got a scratch record. Oh, could be the needle. You need to put a penny on it. Hang on, hang on. on. Pay the fortune for this. Here we go. I've got to say, this this paper review is, is probably one of the best we've ever done, isn't it, Kels? It really, really is. I can't... I can, I'm a chuckling and a chortling. I'm having a... Here we go. Let's see if it gets past the scratch. Oh. Give us another story. I'll have to turn this off because this is this is scratch. So give us another story, Squints. Well, there's a, a story that I've just seen. Um, so it, it's about a baby with four grandparents, and all of which are eight, uh, 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 eight great-grandparents as well. <clears throat> Many young children would feel lucky, it says here, to have a full set of grandparents to spoil them on special occasions. But eight-week-old Olivia Baylock has much more... Uh, she's much more fortunate. She only has... Uh, not only does she have four grandparents... I really need the music. <clears throat> the, um, she's also got eight great grandparents. She's got a big family, basically. She's got a big old family. Um, there's a there's another one about travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, looking rather heavy at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 12 for Flittick and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. The M25 on camera looking heavy heading anti-clockwise, just around Junction 21, uh, the M1. So far, looking at the A414, seems to be moving rather freely, just around the Park Street roundabout. Uh, the A1 Watford Way are looking rather heavy moving, heading southbound between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. The M40, there's a lane closed at the moment due to bridge maintenance work. Just a junction of five for Stoke and Church. I do expect delays there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46 or thereabouts. It's Thursday the 24th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Criticised education chain in Bedfordshire, the Barnfield Federation is to be split up. A 13-year-old boy from Buckinghamshire whose body was found in the River Thames has been named locally as Kyrie's Francis. And competition begins later this morning at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. We're asking this morning, does anyone care? Let's get the weather, Hisara. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, Things are going to change in the coming days, but for today, looking at another lovely day, uh, very warm once more. It could be a little bit too warm again for some people's taste, with temperatures well up in the 20s Celsius. 28, possibly 29. 28, of course, is 82 in Fahrenheit. Bit of cloud coming through at times, uh, but staying dry and very warm. The next few days, though, things are going to turn slowly cooler. We've got a bit more in the way of cloud for tomorrow and a high of 25 or 26 Celsius. 25 degrees on Saturday and quite a bit of cloud but some bright spells at times. Uh, The running risk of showers actually as we go through the second half of the weekend. Certainly for Sunday a good chance uh, perhaps of picking one up if you are moving around the three counties and a top temperature of 21 or 22 degrees uh, but looks like we'll be dry and settled for Monday. So a slow decline in terms of the temperatures and the risk of picking up a few showers in the second half of the weekend but for today top temperature of 27 or 28 degrees once more Nick Coffer across beds hearts and bucks I'm at Bletchley Park today for a very very important special occasion for me being out of the studio is about putting faces to names and bringing to life all that's brilliant about beds hearts and bucks if you know the high street here and you've never seen what goes on behind you really should because it's like a whole new world Nick Coffer I think for my listeners they get a chance to hear about places they may never have visited in fact they may never have heard of and also they hear the stories from the people that bring those places to life that is one of the mysteries of Abbott's Langley Fire Brigade. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks, on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Now, you've raised... Mm. And I think we can ask this question on the radio. Really? I think we can ask this question on the radio. Felt a bit off air. Well, no, I'm going to... Justin. (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. (laughs) I'm looking forward to this. No, no, I genuinely think we can ask this question, okay? Come on. Because popular culture, a lot of popular culture has been tarnished recently by uh, activities of uh, celebrities that we've looked up to in the past. Mm. Okay. And this is a genuine question, okay? And I can understand, and it is an uncomfortable question to ask, but it's a genuine question I think we can ask. And Dealey, I know you'll treat it with the respect it deserves. Yes. Can we play the stylophone anymore? Can we use a stylophone anymore? It's so, <clears throat> it's so associated with Rolf Harris, even though he didn't invent it, he was just a... I, I think he may have had shares in the company, I don't know. Yeah, I think he was a major sort of can, promoter. He, of it. he was a big promoter of it, definitely. Hmm. Can we play the stylophone anymore? I think you'll be okay with that one. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, the other week we, we spoke about should we be playing Rolf Harris songs? Yeah. And, and yes, some people absolutely love those songs, but of course now, of course, the meaning for them has, has gone uh, and they wouldn't want to hear them. But when it comes to uh, a stylophone, yeah. I think you will be okay with that one, actually. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. You see, Paul, I handled it sensitively. You did, you did. I, I, I should have given you the respect. You should have given me... Yeah. i tell you what we're going to do, Paul, just uh, because... You, you, Every time you talk, yeah, let's get a bit of fun music. Every time you talk, Scoyne, so mm. say something. Uh, well, with hey. <laughs> it lifts him, doesn't it? It's it, great. You don't, you don't need it, Justin. No, I don't know. You lift yourself. Yes. Now, are we going to go to Justin now? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to do this bit, Scoins? Um, I don't think I'd know. It's best if you do it. So, Justin, yes, the Commonwealth Games, the mm. Com Games, the Com Gam, the yeah. CG. The c- g- can't get it any shorter than that. That's yeah. the shortest we can go. Yes. Uh, it was the opening ceremony last night. Did you watch any of it? I, I watched about ten minutes. I, to be honest, I liked Gary Lineker's jacket, but that was about oh. as far as it went for me. N- nice uh, grey number there from Gal. Gosh, if the best thing is Google's jacket. It was just all a bit cringe. Um, yeah, we, we really, yeah, I, I, yeah, apparently it looked... I was reading Twitter, and uh, it... Uh, Good source. Sorry, Paul? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a great guy. Um, and it w- was a little bit rubbish. Yeah, it wasn't. And John Barrowman, come on. He's not Scottish! Oh, for goodness sake. I've got a great John Barrowman story. Is it? Well, now, so have I. And I'm wondering if it's the same one. You go first. Well, can you... Oh, well, the, um, I can't tell mine on the air. I think we probably need to get this checked before. No, no, no. I deal in fact, not fiction. Well, if I it's not true, sue me, John. I deal, I deal in fact, not fiction. Yes. Then don't lay down a suing challenge on mm. Paul Scoyne's first day as permanent <laughs> producer. Uh, uh, I deal in fact, not fiction. And my my John Barrowman story is uh, similar to the Errol Flynn story and similar to the Roddy McDowell story. Right. My one involves a hotel. Probably best we leave it there. No, no, I can't tell it. No, I can't tell this one. Okay, Okay, I'm hovering over your fader. Okay, so, uh, about, what, three years ago, I was staying in a Caribbean hotel. John Barrowman was there about a week before me. And the...
Great story, Justin. Oh, yeah, Excellent story. Man. Thank you for that. Now, you've been asking people if they're bothered about the Commonwealth Games. Is that yes. right? Yeah, clearly you're not this morning. Uh, ranting and raving about it. A lot of people on Twitter saying it was absolute rubbish. I have been asking that very question. Some people so offended they couldn't even speak. Ian, here's what people had to say. No, I, I, I avoided it last night. I don't think it has the same hype as the Olympics. It's really just, just comes and goes to me. I don't really pay attention to it. Okay. Deacon Blue. Scotland gave the world Deacon Blue. What else did they give to this planet? Oh, you can't ask me that. What else did they give to this planet? The show ends at nine. <sighs> Lock this monster. Okay, thank you. That's all I got. Right. Morning, boss. Do you care about the uh, Commonwealth Games? I'm not making any comments. Just a yes or no. Mm-hmm. I'm not making any comments. Oh. It's, it's only one question, though, sir. I'm sorry. It clearly offends you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Hey, Kevin, how are you today, sir? I'm fine. Fantastic. I'm from Ian Lee's Breakfast Show. The Commonwealth Games. Do you care? Not particularly. I'm working. I'm working each night, so I won't say none of it. What if you weren't working? Not really. Olympics, maybe, but not the Commonwealth. What's the difference? What, why are you into the Olympics, but not the Commonwealth Games? I don't know. It's, 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 Olympics, I've always watched. Commonwealth, I never have. And just lastly, Iron Brew. Scotland gave Iron Brew to the world. What else did Scotland give to this planet? Haggis. Good shout, I'll take that. Thanks very much. All right. Commonwealth game. Yeah, nice. Uh, I saw the opening, very nice. Did you think Rod Stewart looked particularly good last night? Yeah, very nice. Good singer. What about uh, John Barrowman? And those lovely teeth? Yeah, lovely. No. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us why you don't care, come on. Um, I don't, I don't think about it. Never thought about it. No one cares. They? And no. They're trying to um, get into the slipstream of the Olympics and live off the Olympic glory. Never going to happen in a million years. You won't find anybody this morning who's really into it. The people that say, yes, I like it, well, those people will say that because they're fans of Rod Stewart. You aren't going to find anybody this morning who is going to be waking up this morning thinking, yes, the Commonwealth Games. I can't wait to see some action. You won't find those people. Uh, well, I, actually, I'm one of those people. I think that it's a, a you know, on the front page of the Times this morning, the Joyful Games. It's listed as being something that's bringing the country together in slightly different ways. I think it's a really great thing for the country. I mean, it's great for yeah. Scotland. It's great for Great Britain. You know, everyone's competing individually. Now, what's, what's bad? about that I think you know you're going to get to see some of the um, <laughs> some of the great sports <laughs> I mean, so John Barrowman in that hotel do you want to hear the rest of it yeah uh, go on go on, go on. Yeah, okay. John yeah. Barrowman okay so true story I was staying in the Caribbean about what three years ago and uh, John Barrowman was in the hotel uh, a week before me and uh, he got off the flight apparently according to the rep he Cheers, boss. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. There we go. Excellent stuff, Indy. Got one more story for us, Coins. There's a... There's a story, Ian, uh, in the mail (laughs) about whether or not... This guy cracks me up. (laughs) You like to feed uh, uh, seagulls, right? Uh, But you're not going to do that if you live in Plymouth because... They're going to fine you £80. That's a great story, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you so much indeed. That's Ah. great. You can go back to your studio now. Okay. 
it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough, but we'll get used to it. Right, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Is anybody interested in the Commonwealth Games? It's a poor man's Olympics, isn't it? And Justin's asking a good question: What on earth has Scotland ever done for us, guys? Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very heavy moving at the moment on the M1, heading southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and Junction 11, Dunstable Road. In Harpingdon, rather heavy moving on St Albans Road at the moment, just at Station Road. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise on camera, looking rather heavy between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford. Also looking rather heavy on anti-clockwise stretch between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40. Rather slow moving on the North Orbital Road, just at the Junction 21A for the M25 on the sensors. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you. Very, are you not going to reveal where you were the last couple of days at all? Oh, I like to keep things in suspense. Oh, blimey. Oh, blimey, boss. Right, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show. We'll get the latest on the Barnfield saga. And also, is anybody bothered by the Commonwealth Games? I don't think anyone cares a hoot. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines criticised education chain in Bedfordshire to be split up, a boy who drowned in Buckinghamshire named, and Commonwealth Games gets underway this morning. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio can exclusively reveal that the heavily criticised education chain in Bedfordshire, the Barnfield Federation, is to be split up. A board meeting last night voted to separate the academies from the college following nearly a year of turmoil. Political reporter Paul Scoynes has more. Championed by government, when it was created in 2007, the Barnfield Federation grew to include secondary and primary academies, a free school and the college, which was the original sponsor. But financial mismanagement and two severely critical government reports about its structure meant the Federation was forced to reassess how it operated. The amicable split, as I've been told, will take some time to happen to ensure continuity. A new sponsor will need to be found for the academies, though no school or college is expected to close. Forensic experts in the Netherlands will today begin the task of formally identifying the remains of victims from the Malaysian airline disaster. More bodies are expected to be flown in from Ukraine. EasyJet flights from between Luton Airport and Tel Aviv remain suspended. It follows a decision by airlines in America to suspend flights to Israel. EasyJet says it's monitoring the situation on a daily basis. A murderer executed in the United States has taken nearly two hours to die, the latest in a series of blotched legal lethal injections. Joseph Wood gasped and snorted after being given an injection in Arizona last night. The state governor has ordered a review. A reporter from the Associated Press Agency, Astrid Galvan, saw what happened. It took about one hour and 40 minutes for him to actually stop breathing Throughout that time, he was gasping for air periodically in 5 to 12 second intervals. And basically, um, the attorneys in the room and some of the witnesses were just kind of looking at each other trying to figure out what was going on because it was not expected to take that long. A 13-year-old boy from Buckinghamshire whose body was found in the River Thames has been named locally as Kyrie's Francis. The great Marlowe school student who lived near High Wycombe was discovered by police divers on Tuesday evening. 
In sport, the Queen has opened the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. An audience of around 40,000 and an estimated 1 billion global viewers watched last night as competitors from 71 nations and territories paraded at Celtic Park with the biggest cheers reserved for Team Scotland. The ceremony featured John Barrowman, Rod Stewart and a Loch Ness monster. The Queen paid tribute to the organisers of the Games, the athletes and spectators. Together, you all play a part in strengthening our friendships in this modern and vibrant association of nations. It now gives me the greatest pleasure to declare the 20th Commonwealth Games open. And the weather, patches of mist and cloud lifting. It'll be another warm and dry day. Top temperature 26 degrees Celsius, 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. It's all about where you live. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. I married a Stotfold man and we stayed here. As far as Bedfordshire goes, this must be one of the nicest places to live. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's coming up to four minutes past seven. Lots to talk about on the show this morning, including Barnfield. It's a story we've uh, spoken about, well, for quite a while. And we can reveal that the school chain at the heart of two damning government reports is to split. The Commonwealth Games started last night. Does anybody actually care about the Commonwealth Games? It's a poor man's Olympics, isn't it? If you want to get in touch, you can. You can give me a, a call, 08-459-455555. Or you can email ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. On the uh, subject of what has Scotland ever given to us, a uh, picture Phil has emailed in. Scotland gave us the greatest TV sitcom ever, Still Game. Still Game? Really? No. Lots of uh, head-shaking. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, no, I think I've heard of it. I just never got around to watching it. That'll be it. Now, the Barnfield Federation, once championed by government ministers as a beacon of education, is to be split up. BBC Three Counties Radio can exclusively reveal that at a meeting last night, it was recommended to split the academies from the college... This following several damning government reports. The governor, who oversaw Barnfield throughout the chain's troubled period, has also decided to resign, saying the job was a thankless task. Well, Gavin Shuker is the Labour MP for Luton South and has called for a parliamentary debate into the whole Barnfield saga. Gavin, thank you for coming in this morning. Good morning. We'll come to you in a second. Paul uh, Scoyne's political reporter, has been following this story very closely for quite a while. Paul, just sum up what's happened and and, and how we've got here. Well, I suppose, Ian, this all came about from uh, uh, some whistleblowing that uh, took place in that then prompted uh, some government reports to be commissioned last October and that was into uh, allegations of financial mismanagement and various other practices uh, involving governance at Barnfield which is a chain, uh, one of the first, in fact I think it was the first chain of its kind to be, sort of be a further education institution that went on to sponsor um, other uh, academies. It grew to quite a size, a medium-sized one. Indeed, it has today been praised uh, in the papers as one of the leading uh, uh, academy chains in the country, in fact, by the Sutton Trust and Education Charity. But the uh, reports that were then published by the government earlier this year, we got the first sight of them, of course, here at Three Counties Radio, um, 
they were fairly damning and they revealed uh, uh, widespread overspends, um, you know, claiming lots of money, about a million pounds for students they didn't actually have. There were also tales of uh, just a really very complicated management structure. And, and the, the standards of education weren't in question, were they? No, it was. It was the management. It was. This was a purely behind-the-scenes investigation. Actually, it was all relating to you know stuff that actually, if you're a student or a parent of of someone at Barnfield, you wouldn't have known really. Mm. Although there were some practices that did sort of begin to leach into the, uh, the education system. So you know, a lot of teaching of certain courses. Sometimes there were um, teachers taking courses to bump up the numbers according to the mm. report so um there were talks of uh, uh, sort of the way that the former director general uh, left the organization he was given several payoffs that he really wasn't entitled to he didn't said it actually didn't ask for them uh, so that was criticized so then after that the government ordered Barnfield to restructure the whole organisation. They went away and had a look, and I think there really was a genuine, a genuine uh, sense that they could do something. I think the governor, uh, who uh, has now resigned, Judy Oliver, she uh, she really wanted to try and keep Barnfield together. I think she, her sense was that uh, they were being hampered by government, mm. um, and actually the, the sort of interference from several government departments, because it was very complicated. You had the Department for Business and the Department for Education both doing separate reports. It was all very uh, complicated in, in Indeed, in the way it was it was investigated. Well, look, Gavin Shuker is here. Gavin, what's your your uh, reaction to to this sto- story that it's splitting up? Well, I'm sure these reports are correct, and if they are, that actually the college itself, the original education institution, is going to split from the chain of academies at the schools in the town. I think that's probably a welcome step. Um, none none of this is easy. Um, but certainly we were very much concerned over the period of the last two or three years that resources were being taken out of the college, which is a really, really important institution mm. in our town, to try and bolster what's going on in the college, sorry, in the schools and the academies. Don't forget, uh, the start of this general election period back in 2010, Barnfield was a college and two secondary schools, and that seemed to work quite well. It went on a massive uh, spree of gobbling up schools, institutions, primary schools and otherwise. And from that, so much has come. Uh, I think it's time to get back to real basics for Barnfield, get focusing on getting the quality of learning at the college up, and government, of course, has to answer the question of what's going to happen to these schools now. Well, let's theorise a bit what is going to happen to these schools because obviously parents will be really concerned for the future of their children's education, won't they? I think that's right. And um, whatever changes we see now, we're going to have to make sure we don't have major uniform overhauls, Mm. we don't have people asking big questions about who the sponsor of these academies are. Ultimately, though, it comes down to this, that actually um, there used to be a model of delivering schools whereby people locally were democratically accountable for the quality of the education and what's going on. Since 2010, what has happened is Michael Gove, who's now gone, of course, having um, uh, changed fundamentally the way the system works, has tried to centralise everything. He's tried to have a direct relationship with every single school. And what we've seen, whether it's the Birmingham case, whether it's the situation here in Luton, is that that accountability breaks down and you're left with very little recourse when you've got something going wrong. Mm. Many of the stories that you have reported on this station have been around people trying to whistleblow and being unable to do so. And I think that should ask really serious questions of government about the current model they've got and whether or not it works. Is this an embarrassment for the government? 
I think it is. Um, I think the fact that they were slow to respond in the first place, I think the fact that there were serious concerns going around the town for a significant period of time under this government, and the fact that ultimately, I mean, time will tell exactly how this, will, how this split will come about, but there isn't much clarity from government. Uh, and government is who these schools and colleges are ultimately accountable to. It didn't always used to be this way, but now it's the Department for Education and Biz, and yet we don't even have a clear statement on what they intend mm. to do with these schools. Uh, your debate, you're calling for a parliamentary debate into the whole uh, situation. Is, is that still going to happen? Is it, what's yeah, the we, plan? we very much hope so. I mean, ultimately, my focus as a Luton-based MP is to make sure that we have a decent and successful outcome for kids at school and at college. I think this decision probably makes it easier for that, because I think both institutions will be allowed to focus on what they want. But ultimately, government has to be held to account for these failings, and we need to lay them out very clearly. Um, one of the reasons why we've held off is to try and get to mm. the end of this process. When we do, I think it's really important we put it down on the record exactly what's happened. I know there'll be other MPs that also wish to comment on Barnfield's behaviour. Um, but the most important thing, the most important thing, is we get these decisions made, mm. we get the split done, and we make sure that we've got a fantastic College of Further Education as well as uh, a selection of schools that are delivering for pupils across the town. Paul, we're going to be speak, speaking to Judy Oliver in about an hour's time. The, who is she and why is she important in this uh, in the Barnfield setup? Well, Judy was a governor at, uh, at Barnfield before this uh, all sort of uh, erupted, if you like. And um, when uh, the, the sort of immediate aftermath, she was then uh, asked if she could be the acting sort of chair of the uh, of the sort of federation's board, and she said, "Okay." I mean, she's got a background in sort of management um, training and leadership training. And I think she genuinely felt that she might be able to just help steer the ship through mm. a difficult course. And um, I think the, the, the thing that's got her quite frustrated in all of this, and indeed there have been several times throughout this process where actually I, I understand that uh, the whole board of governors were going to resign en masse, almost at the sort of uh, frustration that they felt that they were going through with the with the government and um, you know being told one week that by one inspector that you'd be able to stay together and the next week being told that actually we want to see a split on the table um, I think they really just didn't know which way to turn and I think for her last night to, to step down I think was the end of a, a fairly kind of rocky mm. journey and you know she did then yesterday uh, for the first time send a tweet uh, saying that uh, she was stepping down and uh, it had been a, a, a thankless task and that she was probably not going to do anything in the public service again and I think she actually went into this you know with the intentions of trying to do her bit if you like mm. and i think that uh, certainly from her comments that um, that she's made that that perhaps that actually being a governor is quite a tough job and in certainly in this instance there wasn't much reward for it Gavin? i think it's significant that judy is willing to come on and discuss the situation at barnfield but sir peter burkett uh, the former director general of the federation isn't uh, I think that's a real concern, actually. Mm. We do need to get to the bottom of what's happened here. It has been a long-term and a long-running issue. There's been allegations of financial impropriety uh, and, of course, governance issues as well. And I think it just raises that wider question, you know, what, what was known? When was it known? Uh, who is going to be held to account? Because mm. right now we are looking at uh, carnage across our town in terms of the education institutions, absolutely trying to sort that out. But who is accountable? 
That should be the question should, people should be asking. Who is accountable for this and who is responsible? And right now we don't have that answer. And let's not forget, Ian, that this is uh, an education fe- federation that teaches a large proportion of children in Luton. I think it's, what, about one in five, so it's a high, it's a high number. And there was a police investigation into mm. this. There were, uh, you know, calls from uh, Hartsford Parts Police, because Barnfield is technically based in, in Harpenden. Um, there were calls, and, and they had a look into it. There was nothing found. They found that there was nowhere that they could take the investigation. But uh, there's certainly more questions to answer. And I have asked to speak to Barnfield. They've said no comment. I've tried to contact Sir Peter Burkett and indeed we did once have an interview lined up with him. He was all set to talk to us and then, wasn't it like 2 o'clock in the morning or something? Uh, 3.30. 3.30 in the morning we got an email saying, oh, I can't at the moment, I'm afraid. There's a confidentiality agreement he said that he'd signed at the end of this. I have made several attempts since June to contact him again uh, okay. and he's not responded. OK. Uh, Paul, thank you. Gavin Shuka, thank you very much. Labour MP for Luton South. 08459 <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1's looking rather heavy heading southbound at the moment between Junction 12 for Flittick and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. In Harpington, very heavy moving on the speed sensors on St Albans Road. That's in both directions at Station Road. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather heavy moving on camera between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 for Watford. Also rather heavy heading anti-clockwise between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40. Queuing at the moment on the A1 heading south southbound between Stirling Corner and Boreham Wood. So far, no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much indeed. 7.16, it's Thursday the 24th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, has welcomed the decision to split up the heavily criticised education chain, the Barnfield Federation. A 13-year-old boy from Buckinghamshire whose body was found in the River Thames has been named locally as Kyrese Francis. And competition begins later this morning at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start we don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who thought this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's the telephone number, 08459 455 555. If you want to give us a call, you can call us about Barnfield. You can call us about the Commonwealth Games. Now, you know I'm not a sports fan. I don't get football. I don't get cricket. I like a little bit of darts and the snooker. Not since the Dutch and the Chinese, respectively, took over those sports. Uh, and I like the short runs. Any 400 metres and below, I like. Everything else, I mean, seriously, just what is the point? It serves no purpose whatsoever. So the Commonwealth Games, 11 days of countries we invaded and took over, 
uh, not doing very well. It just doesn't really appeal to me. Scott, does it appeal to you? I, I, I like a bit of sport. You know me. I like a bit of sport. I, I'm particularly looking forward to the cycling. I love a bit of cycling. Love the track cycling. Um, Wigo, you know, he's going to be doing it. He's got a beard now. It's very exciting. He's got uh, longer sideburns, if you like, in some ways. But um, no, I, I love the sports. I don't, the thing I don't get about Wigo, right, is he's, oh, he's, he's won the Tour de France. Oh, he's a sir. And now he doesn't do that many races. He's, oh, I'm not, I'm not, don't do the Tour de France no more. I'm too good for that. Um, I'm only going to w- w- do, do one race in the Commonwealth Games. W- 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 get on your bike and so, all you've got to do is cycle. Why don't you cycle? He just recently won the Tour of California, Ian. I mean, he did a, you know, he did a big, big win there. That was a, one of the first times I think he's, he's won that. And, uh, he, he took part in the Tour of Switzerland. He had to pull out to put to concentrate on... Uh... Yeah, but Tour of California and Tour of Switzerland, I've never heard of those races. They're not toured off... Does Dur stand for of? Uh, yes, it does, Dur. In that, in that instance, it does stand like, yeah. I never knew that. Isn't that fantastic? But I've heard of the Tour of France. I've never heard of the, the Tour de Californie or, or the Tour de Suisse. But he won, let's not forget, most of... Well, if not all of his medals... Well, no, not all uh, of his medals in the track... Uh, he did win the time trial at the London Olympics, and what a great event that was, right? I mean, that was a wonderful thing. Everyone enjoyed that. You, you know, the sense of excitement on the streets of West London that day, hard to beat. Of course, he's the first mod to win the Tour de France uh, since Ronnie Lane in 1967. Well, good knowledge, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, although it's quite a moddy sport, to be honest. People like the uh, tight-fitting T-shirts, very moddy. Paul Smith, big into uh, cycling. We like him. Same name as me. Well, no, your name's Paul Scoynes. Yeah, it's similar. Well, no, your name is Paul Scoynes. His name is Paul Smith. Well, yeah, but uh, Scoynes is uh, Norwegian for Smith. I don't think it is. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh. We're running out of music, Paul, so we're going to have to uh, to leave it there. So thanks very much. I don't... I don't... Oh, wait, 459 455 555. I may be sounding slightly nervous because a legend has just walked into the studio. <laughs> He's laughing already as well. <laughs> We've not even started. Ian, how are you, fella? I'm, I'm good, Chris. How are you doing? You're right. Yeah, I'm very, hey, very listen, well. Thank really you. Nice to meet yeah, you. good to see you You're too. Bless you. Bless, Bless you. you. Bless you. Listen, I, I've, I've got to be honest. Go on. The Commonwealth Games. Yeah. I, oh, come on. It's a poor man's Olympics, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? Oh, no. Sell it, it to me, man. No, the Commonwealth Games is a very important game for people who are just getting to the international level. Right. If you can think it's your first time at a major championships, you get the experience of what it's like to go through three or four rounds. And the guys that are competing today for the very first time could be in four or five years' time winning Olympics or world championships. Uh, it's a massive game in its own right. You've got people like, uh, you know, the Jamaicans, the Canadians, the Australians, the yeah. Indians. They're going to have fierce competition. And it depends where you are on your cycle. Yeah, somebody who's had two cycles been round to two Olympics it could be a stepping stone it could be a warm up for the European championship there's no the Americans there's no Chinese there's no these are the guys that are great at sport aren't they no, okay so do you tell you tell you, you Usain Bolt that yeah no. okay no. ladies and gentlemen I, Ian says forget you Usain no, no, I'll be the man no. okie dokie you know what I'm saying yeah. I, I, I might not say it to his face yeah you know what I'm saying I might not say now you of course you, when did you win Auckland what, uh, yeah, what not year 1990, was that 1990 Auckland you won a gold yeah I won a gold there and I won a gold 
Gordon actually I won a gold for Edinburgh in the in the four by four. Yeah. Um, so I got I think I got three, I got three gold medals in you in the Commonwealth Games. So. I used to run the four hundred meters for my county. Okie dokie. Oh yeah. Go well, Tim. What, what did you do? Well, um, let me. What was your time? Four hundred meters. How, how old were you? I'm a little bit faster than yours. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> you don't know that for sure, Mister. Yeah. Oh, I do. You should tell that because I look at the rankings. I don't see you there, big guy. I don't see you there. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. I was. I was about sixteen. It was just before I discovered beer and girls. I can't remember what my time was. You probably ran if you were sixteen. If you were really, really good, you probably ran about fifty-six seconds. But if you were just good, going under a minute is tough I was, at that age. I, I was under a minute, I think. Well, you I was check under a you out. But then I was running against this kid. You may have. I, I was running against this kid called Adrian Patrick. Yeah, I know Adrian Patrick. Who, yeah, who, who, yeah, he, went, yeah, he had a nice little career yeah. in, in, in yeah, running. He did all that 200 metres, actually. Yeah, quite, yeah, quite, he, quite, he went yeah. down to 200 metres. And I'm running against... You run a race against someone who's significantly better than you and is obviously skilled and talented and has got a gift from above. Yeah, yeah. And you think... Ah, forget it. I, I'm never going to be that good. No, but you know what? The, the thing is, is we all sort of mature at different levels. Yeah. You know, at 16, actually, I wasn't very good. Right. It, even you could have beat me when I was I, 16. The thing is, with the greatest respect, how old are you now, Chris? Uh, 55. Oh, man. I could probably beat you now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what car are you driving? Because you ain't talking about running, fella. I'm looking at him. Don't worry. I'm 55. I'm 20 years his senior. Ladies and gentlemen, he cannot take me down. That sounds like a challenge, Akabusi. You know, actually, it does, doesn't it? You smell really nice. Sorry. I did, quite <laughs> honestly, I've just got a waft. I've just got a waft. You smell delightful. It's Anteus. Anteus. It's beautiful. So, listen, do, when you watch things like the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics, do you, is there part of you going, oh, I missed that? Oh, oh, I no. fancy a crack at oh, that. No. Oh, no, no. Really? No, no. You know what? I had a phen- phenomenal career. Uh, you know, I really, 15 years of track and field athletics, 10 years as international. My last five years, yeah. uh, you know, I was very privileged to get onto the roster on, on every single major medal, major championships. That was then and this is now. Yeah. It was a great time. If anything, you might miss a little bit of the banter. But actually, no, my, my heart flutters. I look at those guys and think, how do they do it? Really? Oh, man, honestly, because, you know, it's all great for we switch the TV on and we see those guys busting the gut. But when you're going down there, it, you train all year to get there. Yeah. And then a few seconds before, and you just don't want it anywhere in the world but, but going to the line. Really? Do you get that kind of that oh. thing, that feeling in your stomach? Well, yeah, but the, the fact is, is that, you know... Every single time you get to that line, you've got to prove yourself. And yeah. everything that you've done before really doesn't matter. It's all boiled down to this really moment in time. You know, and, and, and the worst time is when the start says, ladies, no, not ladies, gentlemen, tractors off, please. Oh, mate. Isn't I used to want to cry. Oh, it was awful. Isn't that funny? Because you see athletes, you see you, you see professional athletes, and they look so focused and they look so calm. And you do, I, I kind of never imagined them getting nervous at that yeah. point. I guess they do. Well, you, I mean, you, you, you're going through your routines. Yeah. I, I mean, I t- the lovely time is what I used to call it the Geronimo moment, when he's on your marks yeah. and you climb into your blocks and you know there's no turn, there's, there's no turning back. Yeah. And then you do the Geronimo and before you know it, bam, you're in full flight. And once you get your first flight out of the blocks, you, you're at home, you're going down the back straight, it's feeling sweet, you're doing your high knees, end of the second turn, and all before you know it, you know, you're fighting for the line. That's a beautiful experience because you, this is what you train for. But it's just that moment before when you actually think, feet don't fail me now. Yeah. You know, is this going to be a time when you actually have a nightmare? Invariably, if you worked hard enough, it isn't going to happen. But you've always got that niggling doubt. Do you, do you know if your feet are fed? Do you, do you know kind of like, at what point in the race do you know whether you're doing really well or not quite as well as you expected? Is it, is it early on? Well, there were moments, like, for example, in um, 1992, it was the Olympics, it was Barcelona. Um, 
I, I, I flew out the blocks around the, set, around the, the first turn into the home straight and there's this guy called Kevin Young who I'd beaten every race before the, 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 who came flying past me down the back straight and I thought oh my gosh I'm having a nightmare yeah. now at that moment I could have tried to overreact and try to do something but I didn't I stayed in my rhythm went around the second turn stood tall off the last two hurdles I came third in a personal best at New British record, record. Kevin Young smashed the world record yeah. and was which was 46, he ran 46.7. And so that's an example where you can't run anybody else's race and you've got to stay in your own zone. And the the, the inexperienced athlete tries to react and gets like, you know, everything's going, when, you, when you're running that level, the heart is, is really smashing your chest and your lungs are pumping and everything's telling you, stop, stop, stop. But with maturity, you realise that's when you've got to get going. Yeah. So, you, you know, all you, know, you might stop down the back straight because physiologically, if it's saying emergency, 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 but you, the human body is phenomenal yeah. and you've got these extra gears when you go into the red zone, you've got these extra gears and that separates the men from the boys. Oh yeah, that's, that's what makes you, makes you a world-class athlete. Yeah, able to yeah, do that. Yeah. Are you going to be watching the Commonwealth Games? Are you, you going to be one of those people that kind of sits at home pouring over it or are you going to dip in and out? Oh, no, I'll, I'll dip in and out. I mean, I'll certainly watch, say like Di Green, he's, he's a Welshman, he's running my event for the hurdles, I'll definitely be watching that. Yeah. The 400 I'll watch, I'll watch the sprint relays, I'll watch things like the boxing, you know so yeah, I'll, I'll dip in and out but I won't be doing wall to wall no I won't yeah. do wall to wall but the Commonwealth Games is here it doesn't have the same budget as the Olympics so it's not been you know wall to wall over the last uh, um, sort of year or so yeah. but certainly you're going to see some top class performances and you will see some stars for the future yeah yeah, for sure. For sure. Chris, it's so nice to meet you, mate. I, I know we you, we kind of just grabbed you as you were going past. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you popping in. Thank you, no. boss. Bless you, Ian, mate. Good Bless luck, mate. All right, take care. Thank you very much. Bless you, father. I will see you on the racing track soon. Don't you? Oh, all right, all right. He's, there you go. He's an old man, Scoins. Yeah. I can beat him. He's 55. He's a granddad. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I think we're going to grab a quick photo with you, Chris, if that's all right. We're just going to wait for... Is travel there yet? Can we go to travel early? We'll go to, Nicola, are you there? I am indeed. Do you mind if we go... I've got Chris Akabusi with me. Oh, I know. Exciting. I'm, you, you just do a nice, slow travel. I'm going to have a pic, my picture taken with a, a sports legend. Is that all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, rather heavy moving at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. In Harpenden, looking very slow moving as well on St Albans Road at Station Road. Taking a look at the M25 heading anti-clockwise, rather heavy moving between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford on camera. And very heavy moving as well on the North Orbital Road, just around Junction 21A for the roundabout there. The M25 also heading anti-clockwise heavy between 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40, and it's queuing on the A1 heading southbound at Stirling Corner. Taking a look at the trains, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Picture taken. We'll tweet that uh, at BBC Three CR at Ian Lee if you want to have a little bit. Of that. What a nice gentleman. He's not sold. The, he's not sold the, the Commonwealth Games to me. Um, but I, I, I feel bad dissing it now because he was so nice and so enthusiastic. He smelled amazing. Really? Did you get a whiff of Akabusi? A brief whiff. 
Very powerful. A very, very powerful smell. What a nice gentleman. Right, 08459 455 555 is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Let's get the news now. Here's Tony Fisher. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. at 7.30. The MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, has welcomed the decision to split up the heavily criticised education chain, the Barnfield Federation. Board meeting last night voted to separate the academies from the college following several damning government reports. EasyJet flights between Luton Airport and Tel Aviv remain suspended. It follows a decision by airlines in America to suspend flights to Israel. The parents of a severely autistic man from Milton Keynes are starting a petition to get free respite care for people who can't afford it. Paul and Sarah Ridley were having care breaks funded by the council but recently had them withdrawn. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Competition begins later this morning at the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Medals for swimming, cycling and triathlon will be among those to be won on the first day. The Queen declared the Games open last night during a colourful ceremony in the east end of the city. These members of the crowd were impressed by what they'd seen. I think we show what Glasgow's about tonight. Brilliant city, brilliant it's people. It's great atmosphere inside as well. Amazing. With the... Very emotional. All the countries coming together in uh, oneness. I mean, it was a great, spectacular show. Really felt like we were just a part of one human family. I've come all the way from New Zealand for this. It was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Best bit was watching everyone come out. The big family of Commonwealth. I I felt so patriotic to all these countries that I didn't even know. When the teams came out, we were, woohoo, we loved everyone, it was awesome. This afternoon, Olympic gold medalist Sir Bradley Wiggins returns to the track as part of England's cycling team pursuit squad. Elsewhere on day one of events in the Sir Chris Hoy Velodrome, Delhi 2010 veterans John Paul, Chris Pritchard and Callum Skinner are all in the Scottish squad for the men's team sprint. Golf and Colin Montgomery will be looking for a unique treble when he tees off at the Senior Open Championship at Royal Porth Call later this morning. Montgomery has already won this year's US Senior and Senior PGA title and no one has has and no one has ever won all three in a row. So is he playing as well as he ever has? Yeah, this is great. You know, you, you play as well. I think I'm playing now as well as I did in the 90s when I was number two in the world. You know, you think, whoa, this is... Obviously, the course have got longer and, and, and what have you, but at the same time, technology has helped us all. I think I'm playing as well as I did in the 90s, and it's, and it's very exciting. Those are the headlines. Next full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris Akabusi, what a nice bloke, eh, Scoins? It's genuinely uh, a lovely man. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that people who are enthusiastic like that, they, they just help set it over to you. I can't believe you're still uh, negative, you're down on the get on the games, the old CG, C, C, CG, CW, CWGs. Com- well, no, Commonwealth is uh, one word, isn't it? I know, but everyone's abbreviating it to CWG. They're, they're doing what to it? Abbreviating... Shortening it. I've got a spot on the back of my neck. Who wants to squeeze it? Is that a sport now? No, it's, I, I just can't get any purchase on it, and I need it. it, it it's going to turn into a, into something big and unpleasant. I was just wondering if anybody fancied helping out a friend. Kelly, maybe. Do you think? Um, I'm a bit bit busy. <clears throat> I will do it, but I'll have to do it later. I can't do it during the show. It's, it requires quite a bit of concentration. 
Okay, what's, what's, what have we got coming up next, boss? Do you want producer to... of the show, producer of the show, Post Guardians. What have we got coming up next, Mr. Producer? Hey, Mr. Producer, I want to be in the movies. So what have we got next coming up next on the radio show? But I want to be in a movie. Imagine making a movie or a radio show. I like it. I like it. Let's get Brad Pitt. Well, Justin has been doing some more uh, uh, questions to the public about Commonwealth Games. I wondered, Ian, if you wanted to take part in this quiz to find out what sport you are. Not really. Okay. I should probably get on and find some stories. And Counties Radio, um, as the new regime sails into the sunset, you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Tony has uh, texted us, Ian, are the world's governments going far enough with the third step of sanctions against Russia? I don't think so. We need to go further. Let Oh, hang on a second, I don't think this person's making a serious point. Let's ban all Russian dolls, ban Russian roulette, stop the sale of black Russian drinks... And if you have a Fabergé eggs, smash it up. That's what I call sanctions, volume two. And to support the Ukraine people, let's see... Oh, dear. Uh, Tony, come on now, for goodness sake. I don't think you're taking this uh, r- rather serious situation seriously enough. But then again, is our government taking it seriously enough? What's, what does what David... Paul, political reporter Paul Scoyne's nay producer. What has David Cameron actually done, apart from shout a lot and say, well, we, we should have sanctions? What, what, has he actually imposed... Has he increased the sanctions recently? Well, he's going to examine licences uh, for the sale of arms to yeah, Russia. Yeah, I know. Hang on a minute. We've been selling arms to Russia, including, including, including rocket launchers. That is very true. And some of those uh, arms and some of those rocket launchers, hey, wouldn't it be awful if we found out had made their way to Russian separatists? It's possible. It is. It is indeed. I think that there's talk in the papers today of a clamp down on Russian oligarchs as well who live in the UK, maybe sort of putting some uh, financial pressure on them. Yeah, let's let's give them plenty of warning so they've got every opportunity to leave their Kensington uh, apartments and move their money out of the country. Shall we? Should we do that? Should we flag it up for for three or four days that we might do something to them so they've got plenty of time to escape? I think you talked about this yesterday, though, when you talked about the other countries perhaps not being so willing to, to criticise. Germany get all their oil and gas from uh, Russia. Uh, France is involved in a, a billion pound, dollar, euro, whatever it may be, uh, deal to supply them with uh, helicopter warships and train some of their soldiers. Uh, and I think Italy just a bit slack when it comes to Russia. International diplomacy is a difficult deal. Yeah. Well, it's not, though. I don't think it is in this. Do you not? No, I don't think it is. I, I am prepared to take one for the team. I am prepared for, and I don't quite know how it would impact on me, but I am prepared to uh, to be impacted financially if it moves this situation along and if it teaches them a lesson. I don't think we should have military action against Russia because then... Whoa, hang on. Before I, you start sort of laying down some declarations, I think you need to sort of... I, I would just be, be careful. I spoke to an MP... I was, I've been doing some stuff at another BBC radio station, and I spoke to an MP the other day who I think is insane. Wow. Yeah, I, he said... 
No, I, honestly, you, you, you listen to this and you'll, you'll hear. OK. Bonkers. He said that NATO should have sent armed troops to the crash site in Ukraine. As a peacekeeping force? Well, yeah. Or... But that's bonk... But the, you, you, Russian separatists, I, I suspect, wouldn't recognise NATO as a peacekeeping force. You send so- armed soldiers into Ukraine, suddenly we're in a war with Russia. Yeah. yeah. That is nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you could argue that uh, perhaps you've got to, you know, fight that kind of uh, violence with with something more stronger than just sanctions. Yeah, yeah. Let's make it nuclear, shall we? No, you can't go to you can't go to war with Russia. It has to be a it has to be a financial uh, imposition that we put on the Russians. And I would be prepared to suffer in my pocket uh, 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 to teach them a lesson. Well, so your gas prices are just going to rock out. Okay. They? Okay. You're happy with that? Well, sometimes... Okay, I'm in a fortunate enough position I could probably afford it. Uh, but but sometimes you kind of have to, um, you know, if you impose sanctions, then we will suffer as well. But I, I think that we have to do that, don't we? You have to... What's the phrase I'm trying to look... Trying to say, Paul? Sometimes you've got to take the hard... It's a hard pill to swallow, and sometimes you've got to do that to in order to progress. I would swallow a hard pill to teach Putin... I won't say Putin. A lesson. It sounds vulgar. Putin. I'm going to try the uh, uh, MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, who's a former... Try, try. I, I, may I suggest... Go on. We aim higher. What, really? Yep. Hague. Higher. Kofi Annan. Is he related to Kofi Annan? Or are you offering him um, an Indian bread? Kofi Annan? No, higher. Who? Putin himself. Putin. Has anyone tried? What, we always get this attitude here. According to Putin. Well, we always get this attitude. Oh, no, they won't come on. They're too big. Have we asked the guy? Have we asked the guy? That's a fair point. Can you phone up uh, Russia and ask the guy? How do you, where do you start with that? Do you phone up the embassy? There's what? protocols here. There's no... No, there's not. J-Dog... Justin. Yes, boss. Now, listen, I know that you've got um, Argent's uh, phone number mm. and you've got Brian Paul's phone number. I'm yep. chancing myself here. Mm. You've not got Putin's phone number, have you? I haven't, but I'm with you on this one. If you don't ask, you don't get. Years ago, I wanted Lionel Richie. They said to me, you'll never get Lionel Richie on the programme. We phoned him. He came on the show. Just saying. Now, Scoins, yeah. that is an inspiration. It is. He's had Lionel... He was told he wouldn't get Li- Lionel Richie on the show. Hmm. And you, so what was the story again, Justin? You tried and well, what happened? Well, somebody said to me, oh, Lionel Richie, he's too big. He won't come on the programme, he's too busy. We got a call in, no problem. The next day, he phoned me, we did the interview, they said, what, ten minutes? We got, what, an hour from him? I'll what an inspiration. I'll tell you who I have got. I've got Frederick Forsyth's number, and he's written several books about, mm. you know, the Can, Cold War. Listen. And he's local and vocal. Exactly. Well, he's not local anymore. Half an hour ago, we didn't have a guest. Yeah. 25 minutes ago... Chris Akabusi was sat right behind me. Mm, thanks to me. Justin is telling me he was told he couldn't get Lionel Richie. Then what? what sorry, what was the story, Just What happened? Uh, Lionel Richie, they said to me, he's too big, he's too busy, he won't come on the programme. Yep. We got a call in. He appeared on the show the next day. And you're saying you can't get Putin? How many hits has Putin had? Lionel Richie's had number ones all over the world. Mm, exactly. He's big. I look for, Justin, I'll come back to you in a second. I look forward to speaking to Putin in the next hour, Scoins. OK, I'll... Thank you. Chris is in Milton Keynes. Morning, Chris. Good morning, Ian. Aim, aim high, Chris. Aim high. Well, where's Catherine? Huh? Where's Catherine? 
Why? What have you done to Catherine? I haven't done anything to Catherine, Chris. What have the big people done to Catherine? Uh, I don't. I can't really. I don't. Can't really talk about it on air, Chris. That's a shame. Thank you very much. Justin. Let's just say that I've been there. It's not pleasant. The Listen, let's not even go there, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Scoynes is producing the show, and uh, that's great. Now, uh, Justin. Yes. The Commonwealth Games. Fair play to Akabusi. He came in. He yeah. had a good crack at trying to sell it to me. <laughs> He's the man, isn't he? He smelled wonderful. Oh, do you know what? He was delicious. Yeah. You could, oh. I could beat him in a race now, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's not man. <laughs> You've been out talking to people at the Commonwealth Games. What have yeah. you been asking them? It's funny you should say that about uh, Chris Akabusi not competing anymore because some lady in this piece gets rather confused. So this is a take two. The Commonwealth Games. Uh, we saw the opening ceremony last night. In the first hour, people didn't care. Uh, do they? care now here's what people had to say here's scott scott the commonwealth games you look to me like you're the sort of guy who cares (laughs) sorry (laughs) not even bothered not in the slightest not in the slightest do you care not a lot (laughs) no why i couldn't care less uh i'm not interested in um the commonwealth athletes i've actually found somebody from scotland stuart you must be into the commonwealth game surely I'm not into athletics that much, but I'll probably watch it, yeah. Yeah, but it's putting your country back on the map, isn't it? I've lived in England longer than I lived in Scotland, to be honest. Yeah, right, OK. And uh, finally, uh, Chris Akabusi is in our studio. Have you got a message for Chris? Yeah, have a good laugh, Chris. Enjoy yourself. He's a good man. Good morning, madam. The Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Is it a yay or a nay? Yeah. You like yes. it? Yeah. Fantastic. You're the only person I've found who likes it. Tell us why you're passionate about the Commonwealth Games. Um, I like watching the winners. And hopefully we'll win. Chris Akabusi's in our studio this morning. Oh, well, I should be there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a message for Chris? Win for us. Oh, no, he competed years ago, though. Oh, um, well, give him all my best. Yeah, I will do. Thanks very much. Um, it's like we've gone into a time machine or something. Thank you very much indeed, madam. Take care. It's funny you said that, Just, because I was mm. thinking, oh, have they gone into a time machine or yeah. something? It was just <laughs> like that, and then you said it. I said to Chris on the way out, I said, Chris, when did you last compete at the Commonwealth Games? 1990, yeah. 24 years ago. So the only person <sighs> who likes the Commonwealth Games is somebody who still thinks that Chris Akabusi is competing. 1990? Mm, great still, year. Well, it, it, sounds, it still sounds to me quite recent. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, we, then we find out it's nearly a quarter of... Of a century ago, yeah. I want to shrivel up and die. Yeah, I feel old, boss. Well, you are old, boss. Hey, what? Huh? Not as old as you. Get out of it. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Paul Scoynes has put his hand up. He wants to speak. Ian, I've uh, just checked with the internal BBC protocol about bidding for significant oh. figures. I'm sorry. I hey. do look, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I'm not the sort of guy who just calls Lionel Richie up. It's, it's not in my nature. Um, you can't listen. The BBC, as we all know, are run by corrupt squares in suits, all right? They don't want you to call Putin because they're scared that we might have a little bit of spontaneity. We might get an exclusive. I don't but he's probably booked for the Steve Wright Big Show. Scoins, man up, grow a pair, call the leader of the Soviet states. Look. It's quite explicit. It says if you are bidding for a significant figure such as a president or uh, a president of the United States or the president of Russia, it says it here, 
not on the main page, but in another page that I've been looking at. Um, it says I've got to check not just with editorial policy. I've got to go through the senior sort of liaison uh, for um, international affairs. I've got to go through not just my our boss, our boss. I've got to go through their boss, Listen his to boss, me. and several other bosses. Like, I'm not a yes man, Ian. You know that. No, you're, you're a no man. I'm, in this instance, I'm a no man. Listen yes. to me. Hmm? My name is Ian Lee. I used to work on Channel 4's The 11 O'Clock Show. I used to work, work with such greats as Dom Jolly, Mackenzie Crook, Ricky Gervais, and Ali G. And today, I want to work with Putin. Putin. Call Putin now! How's your Russian? Yeah, that is good, yeah. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Great North Road looking rather slow moving on the speed sensors, heading southbound just before the Black Hat roundabout where those roadworks are continuing. The M1 heading southbound, slow moving between Junction 13 at Salford Road and Junction 11 Dunstable Road. Also in Harpingdon, very heavy at the moment on St Albans Road, just at Station Road. And taking a look so far at the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very heavy moving between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and Junction 16, the M40. And queuing at the moment on the A1 heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Boreham Wood. In Mill Hill slow moving on the A1 Watford Way that's between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus as well. Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much Nicola 7.47, it's uh, Thursday the 24th of July, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio The MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker has welcomed the decision to split up the heavily criticised education chain the Barnfield Federation the parents of a severely autistic man from Milton Keynes are starting a petition to get free respite care for people who can't afford it. And the first day of competition begins this morning at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow with medals available in the swimming, cycling and triathlon. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. It is a little bit of a cool start this morning because, uh, well, it feels cool because we've got uh, quite a bit of cloud across some uh, parts of our counties. But actually, it's melting away nicely, expected to, as we go through this morning. And then by the afternoon, another very warm day with a top temperature of 28 Celsius, 82 in Fahrenheit. If you like it very, very warm... Uh, then look away now because things are slowly turning cooler as we go through the next few days. We'll lose a degree or so tomorrow, a degree or two so 26, 27 Celsius for tomorrow a bit more cloud around and then as we start the weekend we're still in the mid to high 20s but uh, in the second half of the weekend we'll see temperatures falling away to around uh, 23, 24 degrees, possibly 21 or 22 by Monday a risk of some showers in the second half of the weekend too but for today after we get rid of this early cloud Looking at highs up in the high 20s Celsius. Average for the time of year is 23 degrees, so still well above average for the time of year, both today and for tomorrow too. Glasgow, 2014. So a first Commonwealth gold medal. This is going to be gold, another gold. The home nation's pretty much in a line as they come in towards the home straight. Get all the action, including the men's triathlon today from three. This is our time to be able to share it with our teammates and look at them going mad down there. The Commonwealth Games, online, on TV and on BBC Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning. 08459 455 555. Now, you may remember uh, recently I spoke to a gentleman called Paul Ridley. Uh, he's the father of a severely autistic uh, man who was forced to give up his respite care after Milton Keynes Council cut their funding. Well, now he and his wife are starting a petition to get free respite for people who can't afford it. Paul joins me now. Morning, Paul. Morning, Ian. Uh, your son, uh, Keith, he, was, he is severely autistic. Just, just remind us again the impact that that has on your, on your daily lives. Um, what, since this story broke? Well, just, just, remind, yeah, just, yeah, just remind us how, how Keith is and, um, and uh, what you have to do to care for him every day. Right. He needs constant 24-hour care. Um, you can't take your eyes off him for a second. Um, he will, if you're cooking, he'll put his hand in the oven or the hot pans on the top uh, at night time or during the day. Um, he will go into the freezer and eat raw foods. Um, we have to keep the doors locked because he would go out. He would also go outside, um, go into the green bins because he knows that's where the recycled food goes into. Um, he has loads of energy. He needs to be bathed, closed, uh, clothed. He's also incontinent, taken to the toilet. And he's just, he just has loads of energy and uh, non-stop. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big lad, isn't he? How, is, yeah. is he 25? Is that, is that it? Yes, yeah. he's 25. Okay, so he's, he's big, he's yeah. got a lot of energy and, uh, yeah, of course he likes to uh, use that energy. So life has been very difficult for you and your wife uh, yeah. looking after him. Um, and the respite has, has been really important, hasn't it? It's given you a break, it's kind of allowed you to recharge your batteries, focus on yourselves and your marriage uh, yeah. for a little bit. It's been a few weeks now without respite. You must yeah. be shattered. Um, well, it's It'll be three weeks coming up Sunday. Right. Um, and, I mean, we're running on empty. Uh, I went to the doctors on Tuesday because we had a, assess- a new assessment um, being done in the afternoon. And I went to see him to see if we could get a letter supporting our case for how important it is. And as soon as I walked in, he said, sit down. He said, you look, like, basically worn out. You, you, you passed your sell-by date, basically. I was at death's door and he took me blood pressure. And that's really high. Um, he checked me chest and he is very worried that my heart is starting to beat very irregular again. And I've got to go for an ECG. Um, and to his experience, it's been brought on by the extra stress we've had. Um, so that isn't good news, considering I've been off the tablets for a year. Um, Sleeping-wise, we haven't had much sleep, although we did have one night where we must have been absolutely shattered that when my son woke up, we didn't hear him get up. And he'd been up on his own. Fortunately, he didn't. it wasn't as bad as what it could have been. Um, I woke up as he was coming back up the stairs. And all he'd done was gone through the ironing pile mm. downstairs. And there was quite a few soiled bottoms, because he can take his trousers off. Mm. And he can put the others on back to front, inside out. Um, and he's also been a very handful at daycare and they've noticed him just not being responsive since that and we're just at the end of our tether of course we often hear that routine is important to autistic people and I'm guessing that's kind of thrown him off kilter a little bit he would be at respite on a Monday goes straight to the daycare on the Tuesday morning and obviously that's affected him on the Monday nights he knows he shouldn't be here and he's been 
to get settled, it's been a nightmare. And that's why it's had the knock-on effect as well at the daycare centre. And they said the first week he didn't go, he was very responsive. They even took him out for a walk. And usually that calms him down, but he just didn't want to know. And yesterday, um, last Tuesday, he was just um, continually wanting to take his clothes off which and just didn't want to be um, involved in anything at all. It wasn't the case that they know. And so was, where, where are we now, Paul? What's the latest? Um, well, um, at the moment, obviously, I've got to try and get my health sorted out as well. Um, we had a reassessment from the council on Tuesday, um, which I was bitterly disappointed with Amanda Griffiths, um, who came out to discuss the policy. Um, and uh, she's involved in adult services. And halfway through as the assessment, because we wanted to get all the figures right so we weren't put in the same position again. Um, she turned around and said, can we hurry up, please? We've got to go to a meeting. Oh, I say. And I turned around and said, look, as far as I'm concerned, I've just been told today my heart is giving me grief and I've got to go for an ECG. To me, our family is more important than you going to a meeting. Now, to me, that was very unprofessional. It showed that really she didn't, um, wasn't really given the support or understood what the family was going through. And that was... that. I, I just put her in a place, basically. You've got I a was, petition, have you, Paul? Um, well, what is happening is... Because um, the news story that was in the press has been retweeted by the likes of Nell McAndrew, Sue Marsh, several people with CBEs and OBEs, um, and it's been shared a lot on Facebook. And we're looking to, um, in the near future, get a petition going... Um, maybe even do a video online to show what it's like to care for Keith. Um, because they, when they make these decisions, it's based purely on the finances and not about the care. And I think it should be um, basically that all people on low incomes um, should either pay either a minimum charge or it should be free, at least, because it's already put an extra strain on them. And I know with our first assessment where they got all the figures wrong, the National Autistic Society worked that out, and that was out by £15. So the assessments, it looks like, are not being done <laughs> correctly. Oh, dear. Well, uh, it, 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 it does sound a mess. Paul, is this petition up and running at the moment? Um, it, um, well, hopefully we'll be looking at it at the weekend. Okay. Um, but my wife has said, sort of like, well, you know, calm down. Your heart, the doctor's told you, and I, the last thing I want to do is end up in hospital... Obviously, I'm another heart attack, um, but we've got to get it sorted for what exactly um, the petition we do. Do we do it for basically a petition for free um, respite care or... And we've just got to work out the final details of what well, it's for. Paul, I mean. listen, I, I, you know, it's, I, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you short. I hope you don't think I'm being insensitive, but but uh, we are constrained by the uh, the time constraints of the show. I wish you the very best of luck. Do let us know if and when you decide to um, get a petition going. And, of course, we'll give it uh, a, a mention on the show. Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Morning, boss. Yes, lady, what have you got? United Nations Organisation. The, U- the UNO, the United Nations Organisation. Yes, sir. OK, right. You, you met an MP who said United Nations troops with tanks should have gone into that 
uh, Ukraine on the date of that accident. Well, I spoke to an MP on another radio station in another region who said that we should have sent in uh, UN troops to, to um, police the area. That's obviously um, crazy talk, isn't it? No, it's not. Sorry? I think, he's, I think that MP is exactly right. If we've got a United Nations force all over this world, yeah. why not send into something like that of, of United Nations troops? Because uh, then, then, then we're starting a war with Russia. No, no, no. You've got the United Nations. Russia is in the United Nations. China's in the United Nations. Well, then, then in that case, Russia and China, or certainly Russia, probably China, would have vetoed that decision. So it wouldn't have got the thumbs up, so it couldn't yeah. happen. Yeah, this is the same old thing, vetoing everything. Well, that's what the, the United Nations are united, and if they are disunited, then they can't do stuff. Well, then... Disband the United Nations and think up some other organisation. That's like being in a band and none of you like the keyboard player, but you haven't got the guts to kick him out, so you say, Oh, we're splitting up the band. Then when the keyboard, keyboard player's gone, you start a new band. You can't do that. But I don't understand. Send the troops in, as our MP said, send them you in. You can't send the troops into eastern Ukraine where there are loads of Russian separatists who are being funded by Russia. You can't do that. Are you, are you insane? No, disband the United Nations because it's useless. OK, so you, OK, well, you want to disband the United Nations? Yeah, it's useless. Dave Luton, as, as always, a really sensible, well-thought-out point. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1, the Great North Road, rather slow moving on the speed sensors approaching the Black Cat roundabouts and those roadworks that are taking place causing delays. The M1 heading northbound, there's a lane closed at the moment, um, just on the exit slip road because of a broken down lorry. Uh, that's at junction 11 for Dunstable Road, causing a few problems there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, heavy moving, and that's between junction 21, the M1, and junction 19 at Watford. Also rather heavy between junction 18 at Chorleywood and junction... 16 for the M40. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Okay, well, we, we seem to be talking about whether we should have invaded eastern Ukraine or not. I mean, that is. That's crazy talk, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, Luton MP welcomes the splitting up of heavily criticised education chain. Parents in MK petition for free respite care and Commonwealth Games begin today in Glasgow. BBC Three Counties Radio. The MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuka, has welcomed the decision to split up the heavily criticised education chain, the Barnfield Federation. A board meeting last night voted to separate the academies from the college following several damning government reports. The governor, who oversaw the chain, has also decided to resign, saying the job was a thankless task. Gavin Shuka says it's time to get back to basics. Back in 2010, Barnfield was a college and two secondary schools, and that seemed to work quite well. It went on a massive uh, spree of gobbling up schools, institutions, primary schools and otherwise. Uh, I think it's time to get back to real basics for Barnfield, get focusing on getting the quality of learning at the college up, and government, of course, has to answer the question of what's going to happen to these schools now. 
Forensic experts in the Netherlands will today begin the task of formally identifying the remains of victims from the Malaysian airline disaster. More bodies are expected to be flown in from Ukraine. The parents of a severely autistic man from Milton Keynes are starting a petition to get free respite care for people who can't afford it. Paul and Sarah Ridley were having breaks funded by the council, but recently had them withdrawn. Matt Lockwood reports. 25-year-old Keith Ridley is so severely autistic, Paul and his wife Sarah have to watch he doesn't put his hands into a hot oven or eat raw food from the freezer. Until this month, the couple had respite care funded by the council, but they say they can no longer afford to pay for adults. Now the couple are starting a petition to get free help for people who can't afford it, not just based on their income, but based on their needs. A murderer executed in the United States has taken nearly two hours to die, the latest in a series of botched lethal injections. Joseph Wood gasped and snorted after being given an injection in Arizona. The action gets underway at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow today with 20 gold medals to be won on the opening day of competition. The first medals to be won will be in the triathlon events with England's Olympic champion Alistair Brownlee and his brother Johnny among the favourites in the men's events. Johnny says success for him in today's event would complete a memorable hat-trick. It's a very, very tough bike and coming from Yorkshire that helps massively. It's very hilly and, and the run itself is very hilly as well. So yeah, it's a very, very tough course and that's good for us. To get a Commonwealth medal will be yeah, great. It's the main aim of the, aim of the year and that's what I wanted to do. And then in my career I can say I'm an Olympic medalist, Commonwealth medalist and world champion, so that'd be good. <laughs> and the weather, patches of mist and cloud lifting. It'll be another dry and very warm day. Top temperature 26 degrees Celsius, 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a fascinating place. Very wide cross-section of people. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's all about where you live. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. I was born here and I never felt any reason to move anywhere. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We are busy this morning. Producer Paul Scoyne's really putting in some extra legwork today as he tries to track down Putin, President Putin, for the show. Also, uh, the Barnfield Federation, a story that we've, um, well, we've been following it for a very long time. The Federation is being split up. We'll find out exactly why with the BBC Three Counties exclusive. And also, can you sell the Commonwealth Games to me? Chris Akabusi came in. Man, what a nice fella, isn't he? I still am not excited by it. 08 459 455. 555 is the phone number. You can also send me a text. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or if you wanted to, you could give me an email, ian.lee at an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. And if anybody can try and sell the Commonwealth Games to me, then please do. And if you saw the opening ceremony last night, was it as bad as... 
Uh, Twitter says, I never believe a word I read on Twitter, but uh, there were lots of people were, were dead against it. Now, the Barnfield Federation, once championed by government ministers as a beacon of education, is to be split up. BBC Three Counties Radio can exclusively reveal that at a meeting last night, it was recommended to split the academies from the college following several damning government reports. The governor, who oversaw Barnfield throughout the chain's troubled period, has also decided to resign, saying the job was a thankless task. Well, that person is Judy Oliver. She joins me in the studio now, speaking for the first time. Thank you very much uh, for coming in, Judy. You've been in charge of the Board of Governors since the news about the Federation broke last year. Why, Why break up the Federation now and why leave now? Oh, I didn't. I just want to make it plain, Ian, that I haven't resigned as a result of anything that's happened recently. This has been a planned because my life has changed and my business has taken off, and I've become a grandmother and have to do quite a lot of help. Oh, congratulations, boy or girl? Little girl. Fantastic. Yeah, well done. And, but well, the point is that I haven't got the time now to devote to Barnfield. It has taken an absolutely huge amount of time, and as a volunteer, um, I felt that um, I've done the job that I stood up stepped up to do, which was to get the transition and to get Barnfield into a place where it can move forward. And that's now happening. Um, And I'm really pleased that we've got a really good, strong board of governors um, on Barnfield College now. And uh, going forward, it looks very, very good. Is it disappointing that the Federation's being split up? It is to me personally, um, because I went on board... um, with that vision of education from um, the very small children going through up into the college and that continuous standard of the Barnfield way which has had such great results Mm. for schools and for young people in Luton for a very long time so that was my vision that's why I joined up to it I was sold of that and it was worked very very well we turned around two failing schools in in Luton and so that was what I what I was hoping would continue and to be fair everybody else wanted that to happen Um, Mm. the um, the local MPs at the time, the local authority, um, all the students, the members of staff, um, the uh, principals of the academy schools, we all wanted that to happen. But we were given so many mixed messages from government that we were totally confused. We didn't know who was pulling the strings. Mm. We had the inspection. We had two funding agencies, um, the Department of Education, the Department of Ministry uh, Business, um, the FE commissioner um, and even the FE commissioner um, w- could see the sense of keeping it all together. But we, we lost. We were then given a bit of a steer um, that we had to consider the splitting off. That was came from one of the departments. Is that what you, you mentioned? Mixed messages from the government. Was, what were those mixed messages? Well, one one department would say, um, you know, the the FE commissioner came in and he was um, representing both of the departments involved, um, and his report. Um, was not as damning as everybody has been making. It's really been a bit, I believe, a bit like a sledgehammer to crack a nut, the way it's all gone about. Um, he, he suggested made suggestions, which we did straight away at, back in January. Mm. So some of the things that have come out now, that they, the reports have come out now, 
quite historical because the governors acted very quickly. We got an, an excellent chief executive in as an interim chief executive, Dame Jackie Fisher. She has turned the, the management round. We've got everything sorted. But in the meantime, the other department, the um, education department, and the EFA funding said, well, you've got to consider splitting. Mm. And we want to see a plan for you to split. So once that seed was sown, yeah. it, 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 we had to go along that way. The commissioner changed his mind, didn't he? Who do you, why do you think that happened? Who do you think made him change his mind? Well, when he came in and actually talked to people, local people, um, he, he talked to other other colleges, other people in the college, he talked to the local authority, I think he talked to business, you know, really he said he interviewed over 60 people, I believe he said, mm. um, and he said, yeah, he could actually see the sense of keeping it together. It was a strong, <clears throat> you know, a strong reason to keep it together. There have been lots of mistakes, haven't there, though? The, the, the massive overspends, money wasted on failed projects, nearly a million pounds claimed for students uh, that, that, that we couldn't prove had been taught, uh, overpayments to senior staff, payoffs, holidays, allowances, expensive car to former Director General Sir Peter Burkett, conflicts of interest significant amount spent on chocolate oh, that's my favorite line okay uh, that's my favorite line you must have had some great chocolate parties but the, well, the, I, I haven't had a chocolate well, I was you, you didn't indulge in the chocolate no, but no. The, the reports have been quite critical haven't they of, of the kind of the the, the the governance the management oh yes yes and that's what i've said we, yeah. sort, we have sorted that out we have done that that was sorted out very early on with the the new regime of um jackie, uh, jackie fisher she has put in lots of measures we've had um uh you know, uh, the governors have been refreshed. We've, as I said, we've got a really good board of governors. That's was it too historical. late? Was it historical? That. Was it too late, though? Because I mean, when you hear of a million pounds being claimed for students that may or may not be there, uh, and also the, the the payoff of Sir Peter Burkett, that, that was that was a complete. Well, can I just say, up, Ian, please? Um, at the time, Sir Peter Burkett had been knighted for his services to education. We had at the, the year before we had an offset outstanding Ofsted group. The governors had felt that he had done an, a great job and if I can recall there has been quite a lot of uh, criticism of the BBC and payoffs the senior people who leave so I don't really think that you can Oh no but we can still, that's, hey that, that's nothing to do with me I wasn't a governor on the board of the BBC no, when no, those okay, payoffs were made. I, 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 I didn't give any of uh, the governors of the BBC a car that they weren't entitled that to. Was, that, no, that, that was not, it, that was a mistake and I, I don't think... It was a mistake of a really expensive car I, wasn't it? I, no, it is, this is the sort of thing that I'm going to be quite cross about if you blame that on the governors because it wasn't it was a it was a mistake of another part who, who bungled the who bungled his um his his uh, package then his car his several payoffs who, who bungled I'm that not, i don't know i don't tell you that no no he wasn't the governors no not 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 directly okay because he did get a really expensive car and a load of money was there were, were people unwilling to challenge the peter burke were they scared of him I can't say because I, I I never found him scary, but there may well have been other people who did. Uh, we did try and contact Sir Peter for an interview, and uh, he, he he was going to do one recently, and then he kind of uh, stood us down with just a few hours to go. Uh, did you uh, you were involved in close discussions with a key inspector, uh, and he had the same view as you, didn't he, to keep everything together? Yeah, that was his his recommendation. Yeah. Uh, did. That it, what has been the mood of the Federation since the investigation started? 
The mood, I have to say that the people who work in um, the Federation, either either at the Barnfield College or at the schools, have been so committed, so determined, Mm. and they have really gone beyond anything that they've gone through hell they really have gone through hell and yet they still do a great job mm. and they um the academic uh, levels are high and i think you've just um heard some reports that prove that so there's going to be no um effect i believe on the education of the young people in in luton so the decision to split has become has come amicably mm. um we could see that the the academy schools are now mature enough to um, not need Barnfield College as a sponsor, um, that they want to um, become independent. And we also feel at the same time that we need to, the governors need to concentrate on Barnfield College um, and bring it up to the level of excellence that it has been in the past. You, so desc- that, you described it as a thankless task. Would you ever be a governor again? Oh God, no! Really? No, I wouldn't. I'm not. I've had enough of public service. Yeah, mm. um, I, I I can't tell you how many hours I've put into it. Um, and if I if I brought in the paperwork, um, it's a sort of suitcase. Um, and I think it. Um, I personally believe that there should be some consideration of some sort of um, remuneration for the hours of. That governors have put in. Several governors who have, were excellent people have resigned during the course of the year, not because they um, they were bad governors or anything like that, or they were asked to. They just felt that the response that came from the ministry sometimes was inappropriate. That we were, At one stage, we were told we weren't taking it seriously. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> we were absolutely um, furious about that. Who do you blame for the failings at Barnfield? Was it the governors? Was it Sir Peter Burkett? Was it the, was it the government? The, say that again? Who, who do you blame for the failings the at failings. Barnfield? OK. Um, I think the probably the uh, management set-up... Um, was not um, open and uh, as it could have been. Mm. Um, the setup of, of the structure of the the governors and all the governing boards was so complex that nobody could really get their head around it. So therefore, we weren't able to challenge because we hadn't got enough knowledge. It was a very complicated setup. I've, I've kind of yeah. seen a, a, a graphic representation of it, and yeah. it's very difficult yeah, to follow. Absolutely. So we were all a bit in, not quite sure what the other half were doing and mm. that sort of thing. So it's a bit like divide and rule. So. The yeah, the management structure mm. probably was not tight enough. Are you sad it's ended like this? Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm a bit bit sad personally, but on the um, the whole point is that everybody last night could uh, agreed that what was important was the continuity of. Um, the young people's education mm. in Luton, and I just want to make very clear that um, the split won't affect the schools at all Mm. there will be no change in uniforms or anything like that so the parents don't have to worry about having to fork out for anything we're going to do it very amicably it will be over a period of time Mm -hmm. so nobody will be affected because that's been the paramount thing for me i actually think that somewhere along the line um that has been lost the whole point of what we were trying to do was improve the education of young people in, in in luton um and we've been so distracted with this this um, all these investigations mm. that that seems to have got you know sort of overlooked in. <laughs> Judy Oliver, I really appreciate you coming in this morning. At all. Go and enjoy being a grandmother. Thank Go and you. have fun with your little I granddaughter. I am. I'm going back again now. Fantastic! Thank what you very fun! Much. Thank you very much. Okay. 
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, very heavy moving at the moment between Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. The M1 northbound, there's a lane closed at the moment on the exit slip road. That's just at Junction 11 for Dunstable Road due to a broken down lorry there. In Royston, the A505 heading southbound, there's a lane closed due to a broken down vehicle there. That's just at Old North Road. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, heavy moving between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 19 at Watford. Also rather heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16, the M40. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello. 8.17, Thursday the 24th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines. On BBC Three Counties Radio. The MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, has welcomed the decision to split up the heavily criticised education chain, the Barnfield Federation. The parents of a severely autistic man from Milton Keynes are considering starting a petition to get free respite care for people who can't afford it. And the first day of competition begins this morning at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow with bikes, running, feet and water involved. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a lovely combination of town and country. There's some really good rural qualities around here. And all this week we're featuring Stotfold and Henlow. It's a fascinating place. There's quite a lot of country walks you can do. It's a good mixed town. Inviting everyone to where you live. Everybody's so nice and friendly. That's what I like about it. There's a community spirit that people seem to pick up on. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. It's a very friendly, gentle place to live. I was born here. We've only been here for a few years and been made to feel really welcome. The big tour of Beds Hunt and Bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. La 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 la. Look at you in burgundy. Yes. I'm working my way through the clothes because they're all being washed for the pest man. I forgot. When is the pest man coming? When will this ordeal be over? Three o'clock this afternoon. Yeah! He's, uh, he's coming. And uh, the cat has got an emergency uh, appointment at the vet because they're going to order in a special drug for him. They're going to nuke the cat. Well, they're going to do something like that. Poor Wowzers. little chap. He's not happy at all. No, it's not, it, it's not fair. He's so cat, miserable. Perhaps. And this morning he'd been sick all over the kitchen floor. Does anyone want to buy a cat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they're like family members that you want to sell. Oh, well, that's, I, I, my fingers crossed. I hope it works Oh, I've out. just had enough of it. I have to... Can I just say... Yes. Your show, two days ago. Two days... Two days ago? I don't know what... I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone... You did days. one of the most powerful rants I've ever heard in my... Oh, this, this about nightclub in Luton. Bling nightclub in Luton. Oh, it was... I, 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 you may have heard... I was, I was listening on medium wave. I got out of reception, and I parked up where I was, and you were still going on about it, and I had to get the, the uh, iPlayer on my phone and listen to where I was going. It was... Listen, Debbie, when this happens in Luton, when this happens to people... You are fantastic! Passionate! Thanks. You don't hear that passion on the radio. But it does frustrate me. Oh, I know. I mean, it frustrates me when anybody lets people down. But when it's here in Beds, Hearts and Bugs, yeah. and it's a 
affecting, you know, us locally. Yeah. It makes me mad. How dare somebody owe people money? As like I say, this. it's a great story, but that, that they sound insensitive to the people who are owed lots of money. It's But it's it's a fascinating story and with, full of fascinating characters. Well, I'll be continuing with that story after 11 this morning. I shall look Little forward Birdie to tells me I might be talking to a former assistant manager of said nightclub. Wow. Is she owed money? We'll find out. Excellent stuff. I shall be listening. What's uh, on at nine o'clock? Coming up on this morning's big phone in at nine, um, I presume you're aware of this story that I know Tony's been talking about it in the bulletins today, that death row inmate Joseph Wood has died after an execution in Arizona. Took nearly two hours to kill him. Uh, Wood was a double murderer and was executed by lethal injection. His lawyers filed an appeal for an emergency stay of execution after he'd been gasping and snorting for more than an hour in the death chamber. Arizona Governor Jan Brewer says that she's ordered a full review of the execution, although she said that Wood died in a lawful manner. Well, of course, some of the family members, they are now saying, hang on a minute, why are people worrying about what drugs were used and how long it took to kill this man? This was a hardened evil murderer. Yeah. Whether it took two hours to kill him or not, frankly, who cares? Mm. Well, from nine this morning, I want to know from you, does all of this make you glad that we don't have the death penalty in this country? Do you think it's exactly for this kind of reason that we shouldn't have the death penalty? Perhaps you have always believed it's a barbaric way mm. to deal with some of the most unpleasant criminals mm. in the world. From nine this morning, your call on 08459 555555. Is the, the reason... I had a very interesting documentary about uh, um, the drugs they use to kill people in, on Radio 4. Is this because um, the, the supplier of the drugs that are used to kill prisoners in the States has... Re- refused to supply the drugs anymore. Yeah, what what happened was there was one manufacturer in America who made a drug that was for for the death penalty. Yeah. Uh, and for execution. That manufacturer they were the only people in the world who made it and they stopped making it. Mm. So the American states that still had the death penalty, they then started looking around for other alternative drugs. So they then looked at some of the other drugs that could be used, but those drugs are manufactured by European countries and and Britain. Yeah. So the European countries and Britain, knowing that those drugs were going to be exported to America for the death penalty, they stopped supplying the drugs. They, they supplied them for a while, didn't they? And they then there was, a, there was kind of a, 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 an uproar. And, and yeah, so they and they, they put restrictions in place yeah. so the Americans can't get hold of those drugs for use on on on, um, death row um, prisoners. So what they're now having to do is they're having to use um, two drugs. One of them is called midazolam, which is a drug that is used very often in end-of-life care. Um, People who are towards the end of their life, they will very often be given midazolam. It's like a very strong sedative. Mm. And also um, a different drug, uh, I think it's called hydromorphone. Mm. And the combination of those two drugs... They're giving the the prisoners that, but because those drugs are not the uh, original drug that used to be given, it doesn't have the same quick impact, Mm. and that's why it does seem to be taking so long to kill people. But I just wonder whether people really care. I mean, if if these are hardened criminals, did this man, did this Joseph Wood, did he inflict much suffering? Did his victims suffer at the end of their lives? Two hours that it took to kill him? Who cares? I do. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I, I don't agree with the death penalty on any level, but I, I, I think if you do do it, then you have to do it with uh, with the humanity uh, that has not been displayed by the murderers. You, you have to show we don't we don't we don't do it. You, you can't torture them or punish them. Uh, you, 
I mean, we shouldn't be killing anyone anyway. State sponsor killing, but uh, you have to show that you are better than those people. Did you know that in one particular state in America, they've now passed a law to bring back the electric chair because of all this uh, this drug problem? So they're going to start electrocuting them instead. I didn't know they'd got rid of the electric chair. Mm. Have they got rid of it completely? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. I think okay. they, they, they use... I think some people can, can elect to have the electric chair. Blimey. But generally, no, everybody wants to, to have a lethal injection. Well, they did want to have a lethal yeah, injection because anymore. it was quick and painless, but now it's taking two hours to kill people. I wonder whether they'll change their mind. I shall be listening to that. From nine this morning, are you glad we don't have the death penalty in this country? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, UK investigators are to start examining the flight data recorder from the downed Malaysian Airlines plane. Western leaders have accused Russia of arming separatist rebels in Ukraine, where the plane carrying 298 passengers was shot down. Russia has suggested that Ukrainian government forces are to blame. Well, Alistair Burt, the MP for North East Bedfordshire, is a former Foreign Office Minister and joins me now. Morning, Alistair. Good morning, Ian. How do we move on from this diplomatically? It's very difficult. Um, You know, we are in a bit of an impasse at the moment. Um, Until there has been uh, an investigation into what happened to the plane, which Russia has uh, agreed to, um, then we can't really pin it down precisely uh, what happened or who might have been responsible. Um, Western intelligence is clear that it can identify where the missile was fired from. But I suspect at the moment that's pretty well all that's clear. The uh, the Russians are disputing uh, what we have heard by way of radio evidence from interceptions. They say it's fake, the conversation between um, uh, Russian separatists and Russian commanders about the launch of a missile. Uh, the Russians also claim that they had not supplied uh, the sort of missile which could have done the deed. So I think until that is uh, that is more clear, uh, it's going to be difficult to move on. Once that's done, then of course it, it, it's drawn attention to the continuing conflict in Ukraine, because if it can have this impact on people outside the area, with the uh, with the tragic downing of the aeroplane, then clearly. Uh, people have got to get involved in sorting out what is happening there and try and end the internal conflict. Well, Alison, let, let's let's go into a fantasy a little bit. If it's proven that uh, this was shot down by uh, Russian separatists, and if it's proved, proven that, that uh, Putin has been supplying those Russian separatists with weapons, what do we then do to to, it, it, to, to let Russia know we are unhappy with their actions? Is sanctions enough? And, and, and will Europe band together to impose sanctions? I think if there was a a clear chain of command which led uh, from the separatists to commanders in Russia, um, firstly, it would be very unlikely that it was a chain of command about downing a civilian airliner. People seem to be clear uh, that that no one was likely to have ordered that. It seems to have been a mistake. The Russian separatists have a track record of downing Ukrainian military planes. uh, so it wasn't it wasn't aimed at a civilian accident or not though it's still highly inappropriate well, and we have course, to no, no, express no, that no, don't no, we? no question of that but but in, in your in your thinking through what what might mm. happen and what might be the case it, it's it, trying to get each bit clear but if there is a chain of command which leads to the supply of the missile and support for russia from that that is a that is a very serious situation in relation to russia um it would require 
uh, as you say, European states and others taking, it would be taking economic sanctions. It would be aimed at hitting those around uh, the president uh, about restrictions on travel, restrictions on finance. Um, major European centres do act as a channel for Russian investment and Russian finance. And I think people would have to demonstrate that, that what Russia had done was so wrong in, in international terms uh, that there would have to be a period where Russia and, uh, and key Russians connected with the government would have to face consequences, economic consequences. And, of course, if there was evidence that could lead to any criminal activity, that, of course, is a matter for the International Criminal Court. People doubt, though, that the evidence will be there. But if that was to be the case, that would be an extremely situ- serious situation. Finally, Alice, we have had a couple of people suggesting this morning that NATO should have sent in armed troops to the crash site to police it and protect it. That's crazy talk, isn't it? I think it would have been most unwise. Um, in a situation like this, um, you look to find out, first of all, what has happened. Uh, you then seek to ensure you do the best you can to uh, uh, create a situation where people can get justice uh, for what had happened. But you're very conscious of the uh, extreme emotions aroused and the fact that you would be sending troops into a war zone, which was not of their making, where people would undoubtedly defend their territory. But you also have to bear in mind that the Russians see all this as a conspiracy. They see the whole thing as a conspiracy directed against them. One of the things that Russia is adamant about is that Ukraine should not join NATO because they fear if Ukraine joins NATO, then Western troops will be stationed on the border of Russia for some sort of invasion. That is their thinking. Accordingly, to put NATO troops into a situation which would have encouraged that thinking would have been unwise. It's unnecessary. Uh, the, the, the bodies have been uh, recovered and repatriated. The investigation will now take place as to what happened. That is the best way to, to do it. I think putting troops into a situation like that would not have been the right thing to do. Alistair Burt, MP for North East Bedfordshire. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very heavy moving at the moment on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. In Royston, there's one lane closed on the A505. Um, that's heading southbound just at Old North Road due to a broken down vehicle there. The M25 looking rather heavy heading anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood um, and Junction 16, the M40. Um, at Luton Airport, there's some disruptions to flights to and from Tel Aviv due to some security reasons, so passengers at the moment are are being advised to contact their airline. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Take 30, I'm Tony Fisher. The headlines, a former governor of the heavily criticised education chain, the Barnfield Federation, says children's education will not be affected as a result of its splitting up. Judy Oliver, who's now resigned, says the college needs to regain its excellent status. EasyJet flights between Luton Airport and Tel Aviv remain suspended. It follows a decision by airlines in America to suspend flights to Israel. And a murderer who executed in the United States has taken nearly two hours to die, the latest in a series of botched lethal injections. Joseph Wood gasped and snorted after being given an injection in Arizona. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The action gets underway at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow today with 20 gold medals to be won on the opening day of competition. The first medals to be won will be in the triathlon events with England's Olympic champion Alistair Brownlee and his brother Johnny among the favourites in the men's events. Johnny says success for him in today's event would complete a memorable hat-trick. It's a very, very tough bike and coming from Yorkshire that helps massively. It's very hilly and, and the run itself is very hilly as well. So, yeah, it's a very, very tough course and that's good for us. To get a Commonwealth medal would be yeah, great. It's the main aim of the, aim of the year and that's what I wanted to do. And then in my career, I can say I'm an Olympic medalist, Commonwealth medalist and world champion, so that'd be good. <laughs> Meanwhile, locally, Adam Brown from Sandy competes in the 50-metre butterfly heats. In badminton, Chris Adcock, Gabby Adcock, Rajiv Usif, Heather Olver and Chris Langridge, all from Milton Keynes, uh, compete in that sport. And table tennis, Andrew Bagley, also from Milton Keynes, is in the men's team qualifying round one and two. Golf and Colin Montgomery will be looking for a unique treble when he tees off at the Senior Open Championship at Royal Porth Call later this morning. Montgomery has already won this year's US Senior and Senior PGA titles, and no one has ever won all three in a row. So is he playing as well as he ever has? Yeah, this is great. You know, you, you play as well. I think I'm playing now as well as I did in the 90s when I was number two in the world. You know, you think, whoa, this is... Obviously, the course have got longer and, and, and what have you, but at the same time, technology has helped us all. I think I'm playing as well as I did in the 90s, and it's, and it's very exciting. Those are the headlines. Next full bulletin at nine. You're sounding... Uh, hmm? You're sounding very laid back there, Tony. Laid back? Yeah, you're sounding very relaxed, and uh, I might... Uh, let me see if I might have some music that... Could, <clears throat> Hang on a second. Do you want me to jazz it up a bit? No, no, I'm just saying. Sounding a bit, bit loungy. The news lounge. Give us a news nice. story. Nothing with people dying with this kind of music. Let's see if, if it works. Uh, I haven't got one in front of me. Make one um, up, like you usually do. Make one up. What, a serious news story? No, 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 no. A light-hearted no, one, obviously, as we're having some bants. Uh, right. Um, um, what, anything what to do with animals or something? Yeah, do, give us an animal story. <sighs> Can you think of a recent animal story we've done? Uh, there was a cat that um, uh, learnt how to uh, speak Chinese. Um, a cat has learnt how to speak Chinese. The grey and white moggy. Uh, took two years to complete its course in Chinese studies at the University of Bedfordshire. Um, it's now uh, going to be looking to uh, further its uh, qualifications with a degree in Hindu. How is that? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, dearie me. Now, uh, Paul Scoynes, producer of this show, we have been asking this morning, listen, aim high, aim high, I want Putin, where is Putin? Uh, well, Ian, I've found the number for the Russian embassy in London. Right. Uh, currently, it is not being answered. Okay. Is he in the Russian embassy in London? Uh, no, but I don't have a direct... He's in the Kremlin in Russia. Google it! There's actually a website called Where's Putin? Is that like, where's Wally? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Just Google... Oh. Phone up Russian Director Inquiries. Hey, I've got an idea. We can phone up, um, we can phone up Putin in the Kremlin, and we can do a prank call. We can uh, pretend that we're Prince Charles. And I want him to stop all the nonsense and stuff like that. <laughs> 
be great. Get him on the show. I want to. I want to have a word with this Putin guy and find out exactly what his beef is. Right, hang on. I'll just Google the Kremlin. Oh, there's actually there is a phone number. The Kremlin. Of course, there is. It's, a, it's got. It's a Kremlin. It's bound to have a phone. It's got several. Um. Uh, I'll, I'll speak to Ian and Kevin. Okay. And then you can. You, we'll come back and we'll speak to Putin, uh, yeah? Okay, fine. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Right, okay. Let's go to. Uh, Kevin's in Northampton. Morning, Kevin. Hey, morning, Ian. How's things? Yeah, good, thank you. What you got for us? Uh, no. Uh, after, well, cheers uh, was stunned a little bit. After you'd spoken to JBS, I mean, that was a brilliant run that you had the other morning. About the, the nightclub. Club. Wasn't it fantastic? Yeah. Fantastic radio. It was, where are we now, Thursday? It would have been Tuesday's show, dear listener. Probably the last 15 minutes of the show. I implore you to go and have a listen on the iPlayer. Cracking bit of radio. I think he's going for another Sony award with that one. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yes, yes. He should but do. yeah. maybe he should be the one that rings up Putin. Whoa. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine that? That would be fantastic hang, radio. Hang on, hang, 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 hang on, Kevin. First of all, right. Yes. Right, JVS team, Tim... Laura and the, the the tall Irish fella, I can't remember your name, Barney. Uh, hands off! I've put dibs in for Putin first. Okay. That's... Yeah, but we've lost Catherine. We've lost a member of the team. Okay, let's not even go there. We, uh, I can handle. I uh, won a Sony recently, and another award for my interviewing skills. If anyone's speaking to Putin on this station, it's me or Nick Coffer about cooking. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't speak English. Nick Coffer does. Nick Coffer does. No, I've heard it. No, Vladimir Putin. Oh, he, I apologise. He doesn't speak any German's English. Good. I think he doesn't speak good English. His German's good. Well, maybe we'll have to. Maybe, Paul, you speak German, don't you? For, jawohl. Okay, we might have to double translate. Yeah, but don't you speak German? Yeah. Ambition. Yeah. Ambition. No, Nerusky. No, hang on. What's that? Stone. Sorry? Someone call an ambulance and send it to Northampton. I think something's happened to uh, to Kevin there. What do you reckon, Squinzy? Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't answer it yet. Don't answer it yet. <clears throat> what do you reckon, Squinzy? Yeah, probably. Okay. We've introduced music for when Squinzy speaks because uh, you know, otherwise it's just a bit, a little bit uh, lifeless. Ian's in Bulldog. Good morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you? Um, do you know what? I'm good, thank you. I've got this frog in my throat I've had for ages, but I'm good. I'm good, actually, because I'm cutting down on the cough a little bit, the coffee. And also, I've cut down on Vic's Sinex, right? I am... Uh, my name is Ian, and I'm an addict. And I'm addicted to Vic's Sinex. Seriously, for the last 18 months, I've been getting through two or three bottles of that stuff a week. And I'm bottles? Co- I thought they were little tubes that you put on your nose. No, not the tubes, the squeezy bottles. Oh. I don't like the tubes. Uh. Um, so what I've been... So I, 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 and I'm constantly bunged up, right? Mm. And I, so I've decided to put the bottle down, and I'm, it turns out it's, it's, it's kind of addictive, and it's making the situation worse when I use it. So actually, I'm doing all right, Ian. Good, that's good. Um, I was doing, where's Catherine? Huh? Where's Catherine? Some of these ideas you've got today, you, you, you're not with it. What do you mean? The, the show needs some direction. And well, yeah, Catherine, but... Catherine, you know, gives the show Paul, that direction. Paul, That's Paul... why the Sony was one. No, well, uh, Paul Scoynes is producing the show. Well, talking from now about on. ringing Putin up. Sorry? You know? You, it's, it's, it's all over the shop. Hang on a second, Ian. How many uh, radio interviews has Putin done? Well, you can't even speak Russian. That's irrelevant, mate. That's an irrelevance. We'll sort that out. How many radio interviews has Putin done? 
He doesn't do them. He does television. Well, tele- how do you know that? How do you know that? Because I saw him on the telly the other day. Yeah. All right. So he's he's been on the telly. The reason mm. he hasn't done any local radio interviews is because no one has had the gojones. He wouldn't talk you. to you anyway. Talk to JVS. JVS. Oh, get not it. Right. Again, Tim, Laura, and the Irish lad, the tall fellow with the dark hair. Good looking. Hands Jamie. off. He's, he's my guest. What are you doing, Ian? No, 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 no. JVS. What are you doing? Are you jogging on the spot? I'm, I'm taking goods into a health centre. Oh, for goodness sakes. Taking goods into a health... Hang on a second, Scoins. Hang on. Taking goods into a health centre. Scoins, what do you reckon about that? Well, it's probably his job. No, hang on. It's probably his job, Ian. Thanks very much. Uh, Lynn's in Hemel. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, sweet pie. Good morning, my love, my darling, my princess, my woman of the night. Yes, if only. If only, Lynn. Ca- dreams can come true. Look Not at me, babe. One. I'm into you. You know you got to be strong. <laughs> you know you got to be strong. Dreams can come true. Look at me, babe. I'm into you. You know you got to be strong. You know you got to hold on, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. You make me laugh. You've got a really good voice. I've got a good voice, isn't it? I'm a really good singer. You're a good singer. Yeah. I can sing anything oh, you want. All right. Um, tell you what you should do. Yeah, go on. Get JVS to sing his special birthday song one day. Sorry? That's brilliant. Well, can I, right, hang on a second. Can I just stop this? Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. That's not what I called, Time way. out. <laughs> the last three calls have all been saying, Oh, JVS, oh, JVS, oh. If JVS is so good, why don't you go and marry him? Because I don't think he'd want to marry me. No, okay, no, hang on, that's actually, no. If JVS is so good, why don't you go and listen to him? I do listen to him. All right, okay, all right, let me come up with you. one that works then. Hang on a second. If JVS is so good, why don't you just go and get knotted? That's not a very nice thing to say, is it? S- that's why you don't... I'll tell Lost. you why, that's, that's why you don't get so many calls these days. What? So I'm bloody just, rude you, to everybody. Hang on a second, we were lovers a minute ago, Lynn, and now you're swearing at me. And I actually phoned up to... To speak to Mr. Scoins, oh, not you. Mr. Scoins, I'll give you. I think it's some music for Mr. Scoins, as he's a little bit dull. Okay, you're through to Mr. Scoins. Hello, Mr. Scoins. M- morning. I just wanted to say, I hope you're all right after that horrible thing that happened to you. Oh yeah, the, uh, Lynn Ian is referring to my incident with the cycle when I was on a bike. Motorcyclist. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, I had a, a, a motorcyclist try and push me off my bike. Yeah, I'm I fine. I'm fine, thanks. Over that and I, can you get him to cut the music? Uh, I, I think it's a contractual thing. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. I just thought it was such a horrible thing, and it must have been quite... Well, I think you must have been quite scared, really. Oh, I, I was. I was scared enough to phone Ian. I, 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 phoned, I phoned you. Yeah, to be fair, I did text. Actually, no, no. in fairness, that you did call after I, I... Yeah. No, thank you. I meant That meant a lot, actually. I think it was really horrible that that had happened to you. I know. And I was speaking to somebody on the Mark Foster show the other night. Mark Foster? The Yeah. No, the radio presenter. Mark Foster was a Commonwealth swimmer. Yeah, well, I don't know anything about that, but he's got a radio programme. Is he? Yeah, I listen, it's on a quite late. And one of his... He's just mainly talking about swimming. I don't understand that. Mark, maybe it's a different one. No, the Mark Frost shows on Mark. in the evenings about seven. 
Mark Foster definitely was a, a, an, an English swimmer for the... I think he did the Olympics as well. Might be a not, champion. I really am not interested at all in sport. I've got no interest at all. Why, why do you listen to his show? Because he's not a swimmer. He, Mark Foster is definitely a swimmer. Well, he might be the one that does the radio programme, isn't a swimmer. Okay. He's got a farm. He's got a farm? Yes. Has he got a pool? I don't know. Also, I wanted to say, like other people have said, hope Catherine isn't in trouble. <laughs> Jenny's on the line. Morning, Jenny. Good morning. What you got for us, my love? Uh, it's Mark Forrest, not Mark Foster, Tellin. But who's Mark Forrest? Oh, he comes on... Uh, he's a regional, comes on after after the three counties at seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So who's Mark Foster, then? Oh, I don't know. Jenny, thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking around the snow on the Great North Road, heading southbound, um, approaching the Black Cat roundabout where those roadworks are continuing. In Norway, down the A505, one lane is still closed, and um, that's heading southbound just at the Old North Road. That's due to an earlier broken down vehicle and a fuel spillage there. The M1, very heavy, heading southbound between Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. The M25, rather heavy, heading anti clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 in the M40 and at Luton Airport disruption at the moment to flights to and from Tel Aviv because of security reasons so passengers at the moment are being advised to contact their airline before travelling Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Nicola can I just say all of the people uh, phoning up uh, asking about a certain situation and to sending us abuse on Twitter uh, legally I can't talk about it guys so just just you know save your breath and your tweets right it's 8.46 it's Thursday the 24th of July I'm Ian Lee these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio a former governor of the heavily criticised education chain the Barnfield Federation says children's education will not be affected as a result of it splitting up EasyJet flights between Luton Airport and Tel Aviv remain suspended and competitors from the three counties are among those taking part in the Commonwealth Games which gets underway in Glasgow today Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's Sarah Thornton here with your weather and we've got some cloud across the three counties at the moment, which I have to be honest and say is taking its time to clear away. We are expecting it to burn back though nicely and uh, good spells of sunshine developing now in some parts of Buckinghamshire and just towards uh, a couple of parts of Bedfordshire. Uh, generally elsewhere then that process will continue and we're looking at good spells of sunshine this afternoon and top temperature of 27 or 28 Celsius, 82 in Fahrenheit. But slowly we're going to lose a degree or two each day as we go through the next few days and so by the time we get through to the second half of the weekend we'll be back to the low 20s about where we should be for the time of year uh, generally a lot of dry weather on the cards risk of some showers tomorrow afternoon more cloud around certainly on Saturday through the day uh, but generally staying dry and risk of some showers on Sunday possibly as well with a top temperature by then of 22 degrees 72 in Fahrenheit before today once we get rid of this morning's cloud another very warm day in prospect Thank you very much.
Now, I'm not normally one to talk about myself, but tomorrow night I might make an exception. And the station, I think, when I launched it, I knew that it was going to sound pretty good. Well, I'm allowed this time. I'm celebrating 50 years of broadcasting. Caroline South, Tony Blackburn here with you. Tune to Radio Caroline on 199. Join me and relive some of my 50 years. It's not just me waffling on about me. I'll have some great music too. He's a 24-7 broadcaster and he will go on forever. 50 years of me tomorrow night from 7 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Number one. Tony who? 08459 555 is the telephone number. If uh, <laughs> you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome. Justin Dealey. Morning, boss. He's in the house. Yeah. You well? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Just getting used to the changes. Yeah. And you have to. You know, in this business, people come, people go, and that's fine. Mm. And you get used to it, and you move on, and you adapt. And I, I've, got to say, I've got to say Paul's done a cracking job so far Yeah, he's done a great job. As I say, I've been there before. It's uh, not nice, but, uh, you know, we shall uh, all move on. Now, listen. Putin. Who put the poo in the Putin? Yes. Not me, Mum. <laughs> Where did it get there? <laughs> I don't know. Well, why are you just disgusting? Why is it called a Putin then? Yeah, anyway, yes. uh, we've been trying to get him on the show. We'll find out from Paul uh, in a little bit just how successful that uh, that has been. He's nodding his head, which normally is a good sign. Uh, but you've been out and about, haven't you, Just? Yeah, I know you're quite angry about this because uh, Paul's saying, well, I've got to go through the rule book and oh, things like mate. this. You've you got know. Lionel Richie on the show. i got Lionel Richie. Also, Keith Chegwin, at the peak of his fame, this was when he was doing uh, GMTV. Yeah. He was at holiday camps every single morning. Big they star. said, you've got no chance of getting him. We made the call. We got him on the programme. Of course you did. checkers. I don't see what the issue is here. So, um, oh, by the way, David Cameron, he was on drive time only recently. You see? Mm. You see? They made the call. They got him on the show. Unbelievable. So, um, I've taken this one to the streets, uh, talking to your loyal fans this morning. Thank you, mate. Would they like to hear this interview? Ian, here's what people had to say. Gary, Ian Lee this morning, he's making demands on his producer, Paul Scoynes, to phone Putin. He wants him on the programme as a listener to our radio station. Would that interest you? Would you listen to that interview? Yes. It's a straight yes. No, no doubt in your mind. More to say, really. I would listen to that, yes. Because Paul Scoynes is refusing to make the call, saying that he's got to go through certain rules and regulations. No, What's your thoughts yeah, on that? No, just bypass all that and go for it, I say. What's the matter with these people these I days? I don't know. Just go for it. Does his attitude appall you that he won't make that call? It yeah, slightly surprises me and irritates me, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. hungry for it. Thank you very much. Take care. No worries. Cheers. Ian Lee versus Pewson. Come on, madam. You'd be up for that, wouldn't you? Yeah. be quite interesting to listen to that. Yes. So your message to Paul Scoynes is make the call. Make it now. Of course. Thank you very much. I mean, if I got Keith Chegwin on my show years ago when he was at the peak of his fame, yeah. there's no excuse really, is there? No. Well, here's another Ian Lee fan. Lee versus Pewson. Would you like to listen to that? Definitely. Yeah, it would make interesting listening to. Yeah. Absolutely. And Paul Scoyne saying, no, I can't make the call. What do you think about that uh, as a keen listener and a person? Um, I think he's a coward. He should definitely pick up that phone and ring him. You've got a 50-50 chance of someone saying yes or no, haven't you? So. Yeah. Good advice. Thank you very much indeed. Take care. It's OK. Thanks. What's your thoughts on Paul Scoyne's? Um, Is he a weak man? <laughs> yeah, I think he should make the call. Definitely make the call. Some really interesting um, 
comments there, Jess. Mm. And the thing is, you know, with my job, very much local and vocal, very taking much. it to the streets, yeah, you know, you we find out what people think day in, day out. Yep. Those yep. are honest views. People, they want this interview. The rule book, it should be ripped up. We should go direct to the man himself and ask him, will he come on the programme? Well, uh, Scoynes is... Uh, I see he's making some efforts at the moment. I hope that's a call that's being made to the Kremlin uh, and not to some suit at the BBC yes. who sat on a big pile of cash yeah. and hookers. Well, it, to be Scoins. fair, he might actually be trying to get a new helmet. I know they had a problem with his, uh, his bike last week. Scoins, you're a coward. You're a disgrace. Um, you're a deviant. That one's from me. Thanks. Uh, what's your reaction to those comments and that feedback? Well, it's not the only comments I've been getting, to be honest, Ian. Uh, boo, Scoins. We need more fun, less seriousness. Yep. Yes. Yep. Uh, no direction to today's programme. Um, okay. Instead of looking I mean, in fairness, those, those are the, the only <coughs> yeah. two comments. Actually. Instead of looking at your Twitter account, maybe you could speak a little bit closer to the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. And tell me what time Putin is coming on. Yeah. He's, uh, he's free this morning. Yep. Uh, I've checked with the Moscow press centre of the Kremlin. Yep. Um, obviously, they, they didn't do English, so I had to just... Uh, yeah. What time is he coming on? Riff it. He's, he's free just after nine. Oh, nuts! That's JVS's slot. Oh, that's JVS, though. Oh, bum. He's uh, actually prepared to do it in English as well this time. Unbelievable. Scott, uh, unbelievable, Just. Unbelievable. Crazy. Uh, well, I mean, what, what, what are we supposed to do in this I situation? I don't know. I don't know. I know what I would do. Go on, what would I you do? Would, uh, oh, you'd, you'd, you'd do something with his boots, wouldn't you? Well, I'd just pick up the phone and make the call. As I say, years ago, when we had Lionel Richie on the programme, I think he was top of the UK charts at that particular moment. We just uh, picked up the phone and made the call. We'll, we phoned the man direct and we got a yes. What's the big deal? Well... And, and Richie, it don't get much bigger than Richie, does no, it? No, exactly. You know, when I'm sitting on the beach somewhere and I've got my British hit singles book and I'm looking through it, you go through page by page, all one hit wonder, all two hit wonder, all that person had three hits. Lionel Richie, a whole page. Filed, He's a big deal. Bizarrely, Lionel Richie in that book is filed under S, S for superstar. Yes, yeah. okay. absolutely. Well, how many pictures of Lionel Richie, uh, Richie have there been uh, of him fighting bears and uh, riding uh, bareback on a horse? You've got to go to the right website. Thank you very much indeed. <sighs> when love comes knocking at your door, love comes knocking. Here we go. I know where love comes knocking at your door. Just open up and let him in. It's gonna be a magic carpet ride So little girl, now don't you run and hide I know that you've been hurt before But don't you be afraid no more Throw off the chains of bind and leave the past behind
short on content. Very, very short on content. Oh. Very, very short on content. Nice voice. Thank you, thank you. You do no, have a nice genuinely. voice. Genuinely. No, I know. That was Th- from the heart. I was doing the, the wobble bit they do as well. I know, the full vibrato. No, the wobble bit, where oh. it goes wobbly. Okay. If someone taught you how to sing properly, because you've already got the voice, yep. you just need that little bit extra, uh? you could be oh, no. amazing. I would have turned around for you, Ian, had that been on the voice. I'm glad you... I'm glad... In the, in the chair. The swivel chair. Yeah? I'm glad we... I'm glad. Got no calls? Uh, OK. Lynn Hemel called back. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, do you just want to apologise? What, for getting it wrong? For whatever it was. Yeah, she, yeah. OK. Uh, Scoins, we'll have a little chat about how today's show's gone afterwards, and I, I just think there are a few improvements for the, over, the <coughs> ne- over the next few weeks that you can... Uh, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get it, you'll get it, it's fine, it's fine. I've, I've, I've sort of done it before, but it, it's, um, it's been a few years. Yeah, no, don't worry, listen, if Boss Face can do it, then... Uh, could do it, then you'll be able to do it. Could right. have, yeah, did do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, listen, the Daily Express has got a, a cure for arthritis again. What's that? A, it's a disease that makes it quite painful to kind of bend and move and pick things up. Oh. What's the cure? A single jab. Well, that's not going to help. Single jab to fight arthritis. A jab that stops crippling arthritis will revolutionise treatment of the condition, experts said last night. This is awesome. We all know someone who's got arthritis. I can't wait for this. The injection which helps joints heal themselves is already being tested on British patients and researchers hope the cheap and quick procedure could be used to prevent the disease ever striking in the first... This is brilliant! Wow. Yeah, no, it's all true. No, it's okay. Well, that's good. Akbar's on the line. Good morning, Akbar. Oh, good morning, Ian. Good morning, Akbar. Uh, why are you so? Why are you singing, Ian? I was singing. Yeah. Wonderful voice, Ian. It, it is a wonderful voice. Uh, it is. It is. And, and uh, people don't people don't recognise that, that that I am multi-talented. You are definitely, definitely in my view. I'm also a great humanitarian. I do lots of work for charity. Don't you don't talk about? I it. don't like to no, talk no, about no. the money I've raised for uh, for multiple sclerosis charities and the work I did as a volunteer at Great Ormond Street. No, I don't like to talk about that. Mm, no, 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 Ian. Uh, you, you are a very good uh, character all around. I have um, a very yes. good character all around. You can't, um, yeah. you can't argue with that. No, well, um, there's no reason to argue. But then why no. you argue with me, Akbar? I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just appreciating your voice, Ian. And, and, and we always appreciate. I think you, Akbar. I think you need a cough. You've got that same croak in your voice that I've got. <clears throat> there we go. Okay. Have a good morning, Ian. Thank you, Akbar. Good morning to you too. You see, yeah. all of the criticism—he's a nice fellow. Yeah. All of the criticism we get on Twitter and the, the rude phone calls. Well, the, and... the, the, the criticism I get. Yeah. Well, I mean, specifically des- des- deserved. But um, oh. the, uh, the criticism I get is, is undeserved. And then you get someone like Akbar, who is a gentleman. Mm. He's just fun up to say, "Nice singing, mate. Well done. Nice singing." I feel that sometimes, actually, uh, there's not enough singing in uh, news programmes. Well, I suspect if uh, it carries on with the amount of content we had today, there's going to be a lot more of it over the coming weeks. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Very heavy moving on the M1, heading southbound from Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. In Royston, still one lane closed on the A505, heading southbound just to Old North Road. That's due to an earlier broken down vehicle. Very heavy moving on the M25, heading anti-clockwise between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16, the M40. And at Luton Airport, there's disruptions to flights to and from Tel Aviv due to security reasons. So do check before travelling. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff this morning. Thank you for all of your calls and your input. We're about to record the podcast links for this week's podcast that will be released tomorrow. From me, Kels, Justin, Paul, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in. Are you glad we don't have the death penalty in this country? 